attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about the movie where a giant black man beats up a tiny black woman are purely the plotline to no good deed. Isn't that right, Ray Rice? Topical like a left hook. It's a biopic. <laughs> zinged another millionaire there. <laughs> we zinged him. Take that, I just millionaire. Can't, I just can't wait to see the second uh, one where she, he set, she sets the bed on fire. Was that starring Farrah Fawcett? Burning Fawcett? Bed. Burning bed. That's Is that the be one the where he traps one. her in the uh, fireplace or that's something? That's Extremities. Oh, that's, that's the one I was thinking of. There's so many. Is that, yeah. st- is that also Farrah Fawcett? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 There's a lot of crossover. A gorgeous yeah. woman got abused but, but, a lot. But that's the one where, I mean, the burning bed was the husband that abused her over yeah. years, but I think she actually got trapped in Extremities. Like a guy came yeah. over, oh, kind of yeah. like this right. movie. Yeah. And But no, no. That he, uh, she turned the tide and trapped him and tied him up. That's extremities. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And put yeah. him in the fireplace. Yeah. It was James Russo doing all that great James Russo shit. <laughs> hey, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. The Zen philosopher Basho once wrote, "A flute with no holes is not a flute, and a donut with no hole is a Danish." Funny guy. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show from us every week. Basically search The Movie Guys or The Movie Showcast anywhere on Google, Yahoo, or... And we come right up. That's iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, and of course, themovieguys.net. Absolutely free, and we encourage you to subscribe where you can, and if you do, still, Lee? Absolutely no charge. Speaking of themovieguys.net, newly posted to our site, our indie movie critic Justin Bowler has a couple of new films reviewed. The short film More Drowd, made by some folks I met at the Comic-Con, and the indie Mm. feature Hello Forever. Plus, new movie trailers all posted in one place, and our movie guy Ray Scalacci's rant against 3D, as he believes it's still compromising your entertainment dollar. But you'd be interested in his take on this. You would like to read that. I saw that in the script. I was like, ooh, i got to check that out. I could take him to task. Well, one of the interesting points is, you know how if you go to a matinee, it's cheaper? Yeah. They'll make them all 3D. Oh. So you're you're not it's not cheaper anymore. Uh, you're paying your because when you say he, when he says it compromises my movie going dollar, he means it makes my movie going dollar go up. Yeah, there's yes. not a compromise here. <laughs> but no, you're not negotiating. But yes. you can choose not to see 3D. Well, no, that's the that's thing. They'll, have, they'll have only 3D screenings oh, before the, it turns to oh, the. Oh, uh, so you don't get the, uh, the, the, the matinee. Yeah. Here's what you do. I found out that all movie theaters have a deal. You pay for one movie, and then you just don't leave. You just walk into another one. Really? Free of charge. Oh, fantastic. Free of charge. You're saying all theater chains have this deal. All theater chains have this deal. <laughs> Some are Depending aware of upon it? where they put the guard. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the teenager? <laughs> wow. Make a day of it. <laughs> uh, you can also find our showcasts like the one you're listening to on a couple of internet radio stations as well wbad.net fridays at 4 p.m eastern cool. and jonas mount radio thursdays at 6 eastern who last i looked are also not charging nice. i'm your host for the hardest working podcast on the airwaves paul preston here with lee caius adam witt and karen volpe uh and now we're also joined this entire show by this week's guest we we think we're hard working this guy's appeared in a crap ton of movies like the hangover transformers and evan almighty tv shows like eagle heart and chances oh, are, cool. you've bought something recently because of a commercial that featured Pete Gardner. Yeah. Yeah. In his house. What about that movie Crap Ton? Did you do that yes. movie Crap Ton? Oh, I know there was a crap ton of movies, but the actual oh. movie. What a challenge. 
<laughs> no, it was great. Uh, nice to be here. <laughs> nice to have you, Crapton. Plus, we'll have Karen's birthdays. What did you see this week in an interview with a prisoner transfer security expert? Oh, You'll good. see how that ties into one oh, of this week's good. features. I love uh, that guy. Which we'll preview for you as ever, these uh, big features coming up this weekend. First up, the most exciting movie this week about making women feel intimidated that wasn't shot in an elevator. <laughs> no good deed. <clears throat> and later in the show, finally, a sequel to the biography of Dan Marino. Here it comes to the big screen, Dolphin Tale 2. <laughs> Winter needs to be paired with another female, and soon. I'm giving you 30 days to correct the problem. Hey guys, Marine Fisheries just picked up a stranding. Clay, it's a female. All right, everyone, when that truck arrives, you will hear one voice, and it will be mine. Sawyer, I want you right beside me. That is bringing everybody together music. Oh. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I zoned out. What I'm glad it? you found that clip. Explains it all. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Don't didn't need you, to see it. Didn't you have a clip of Crapton? I think I'd rather hear that. Uh, Pete Crapton? No, that was yeah, it. Yeah, Pete Crapton. <laughs> Pete Crapton. That too. was it. No, that was it. No. I unfortunately good. watched that trailer several times last no, night, and there no. are so many things wrong no. with it. First of all, both Harry Connick and Morgan Freeman, hope I'm not getting anything away there, play doctors. <gasps> And I'm assuming aminal doctors, right? I believe aminal. one of them is a doctor, and I don't believe the other is, once I hear their voices. <laughs> <laughs> but one of these two people is a doctor. Hello, I'm the doctor. That's Morgan Freeman. That's the uh, other the New Orleans musician. Well, based on, the fact that neither <laughs> them, based on the fact that neither of them can figure out why the fish is dying, or mammal, I sus suspect you neither of them. Don't write. Yeah, I don't think either of them are doctors. <laughs> They're podiatrists. They're, yeah. So it makes it hard. Yeah. It's a little tiny, little <laughs> tiny dolphin. If you watch that trailer, you're seeing the whole movie. I mean, they're, yeah. they're not but what's anything. the beef? I don't see what the like the stakes are in that movie. It's just like we got to get this dolphin a friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's all. Awesome. That's it. Right. Right. The stakes go. <laughs> Due to some regulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, or thirty have, days, or you're out of here. We have got to find this dolphin a friend. <laughs> that's it. Story of my life. Jeez. Now the first one I can understand. He needed a tail to swim. Sure. But he needs yeah, a yeah. friend. Is a wait. Little now bit. is this the tailless? Guy who has a tail needs a friend. Yes. Is this yeah. a yeah? <gasps> yes. Oh, no continuation. Maybe the tailless dolphin's mother died. Yeah, and then the tailless dolphin dolphin gets all bummed out, and needs a friend. But yeah. doesn't he have a tail now? He does. Well, tell him to focus think, yeah. on the positive. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You got a tail, There's bitch. no double entendre in this title. The other one was tail, right? Yeah. And this one should be a dolphin's, uh, I don't know, what? I mean, it's mating, right? <laughs> it, well, but it's yeah. not. It's another female. Yeah. That's yeah. The other yeah. Thing. It's, it's not even love. Out. It's not even a love <gasps> connection. That's what I found out late in my uh, research Ooh. of this movie. Yeah, I thought there was some wait, dolphin wait. humping going on. I thought yeah, they were all not. waiting for the dolphins to fuck. Yes. Right, which you would think. And then they're going to have baby dolphins. But this is like a big dolphin and a baby dolphin. Yeah. Which is creepy right there. That is so Celine Dion. Now make out. It's just like yeah. her and her husband. <laughs> creepy. We need a Walter Matthau for these young, scrappy baseball player ah. kids. <laughs> and then there's a line in there where Harry Connick Jr. yells, You just can't throw two dolphins in the water together? <laughs> you mean like the ocean? Because <laughs> <laughs> no! I'm pretty sure that's how they do it all the time. But how do you guys think it's going to go over with, like, you know, like SeaWorld and all the, the negative uh, press is going with that? Better than Blackfish. Do you think people oh, yeah. are just going to be like, ah, oh, it's <laughs> just as bad? Yeah, I mean, because that was before when the tail thing came out. It was before all that happened. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, is this enough to turn off those people? I mean, there are people who are just outright pissed at SeaWorld all the time, like 24 yeah, hours like a, a day. Yeah, that's a big thing anyway. now. I thought it was like they were mad, but they're going to get over it and no. buy tickets. No, I think they want it to never have fish. They want it to close. Is, is really their goal. Want it to close. Right. Yeah. I think that's they really a tough one. To that's, a, that's tougher than changing a mascot, I think. <laughs> Ken Hart or looking for a friend. I went to one of those with the fish and the 
things. What was that? The aquarium you and I went sea to? Sealand. Sea something. We went to sea World. Yeah. Okay, I didn't like it. I, it really bugged me. I'd be one of those people going, "Let them out." This is weird. It was weird. There are no more depressing places it's than sad. zoos. Yeah, zoos that's are sad, like the but worst. This was worse but, than but zoos. You don't smell a whole lot of poo at SeaWorld, so it's ah. like le- you yeah. know, nothing feels quite cooped up because you can't smell poo. Yeah. <laughs> you see that the monkey just sitting in his own shit, you know, and he's miserably facing the wall. It's there's like, something <laughs> great about that monkey because he can be in there alone doing his thing, but SeaWorld is always some trainer poking at him. I don't like that. Right, right. There's a lot of. I remember when I was at the Bronx Zoo uh, back in the 80s, and a little girl kept teasing a tiger, <gasps> and she kept putting her finger, and the oh. tiger bit her finger. What? And it was just like, because it was like right there. It was just like there was a rail. That oh was the security. God. There was a rail, and then there was the thing, and she was leaning over and poking at the tiger, poking it, and he bit her, and she screamed. <laughs> and I just remember laughing my ass right. off because it's like, what did you think was going to happen? Oh, she deserved parents? it. I know. And where are the parents? Oh, my gosh. I was so protected from that. My parents didn't even take me to the zoo. Have you? They're like, you're not sticking your finger into the cage and provoking them. We're not even taking Cause you. Because that's what you would do. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Have you ever taken your kid to the... Oh, sure. I yeah. mean, you have to. You right. have to see the monkeys and yeah. see them do their thing. Yeah, but did you take them to the SeaWorld? Yep, we did that How'd too. How'd that go? Oh, we loved it. Oh, really? <laughs> oh my God, it, it was great. We got the blow up orca and everything. Oh. It was great. <laughs> well, here's the here's the thing about SeaWorld. You were talking earlier before the show started about getting, you know advancing in age and i grew up in northeast ohio where we had the greatest roller coaster park in the world cedar point oh, which yeah. has just there, tons yeah. of Never roller coasters been. and then later on in life i moved to san diego and lived right down the street from SeaWorld. yeah and uh kind of kind of like a park where there's a lot of sitting and watching yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of let's go over here and sit down for an hour and then yeah. let's go over here and sit down for an hour oh i like this <laughs> yeah there's not a lot that goes on but it is kind of exciting and then the you know, they all flip over, and there's a wave, and everybody gets wet. And the <laughs> fact that they're trained, I mean, that's still kind of astounding. I mean, it's uh, the fact that killer whales can be trained to do all this stuff, and yeah, they're gigantic, you... and uh, it's that's all amazing. Yeah, I don't know. That's I... impressive, but even more so, I remember when Penn Jillette had Penn & Teller's uh, Sin City Spectacular. Yeah. And there was a show from Vegas every week on FX, and he brought down the guy... With trained cats. Trained cats. Whoa. And wow. Blue my said, cats won't do anything you ever tell them to do. And this guy's got them doing tight ropes and climbing up things and walking in wheelbarrows or whatever. Yeah, and they look like wow. they wanted to do it. Oh, yeah. sure. When you haven't eaten for three weeks, you <laughs> want to do it. You're dying to go. It's all a matter of voltage. <laughs> That's awesome. Right, last week, we played a show from 1994 because Forrest Gump was the only that was real amazing to hear. release. Yeah, so we played something from 20 years ago when we first started doing this. Uh, on Forrest Gump's initial release. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to that show. So it's a concept miss, show. You miss some more. <laughs> we miss it. Oh, it's authentic. It's authentic. <laughs> we miss some uh, some big news in the uh, comedy world. Joan Rivers passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was right on the heels. Like the last show we did, we were talking about Robin Williams. and the, you know, it's I didn't realize uh, that it was, uh, I mean, I thought she, you know, age had caught up to her or whatever. No, it's, she was extremely spry at 81. And they, uh, you know how she died, right? They he put her too far under. They put her too far under for a... They were checking her throat for something. And they put her out for it, to, I guess, to snake the thing down the throat. This is what Ooh. I heard. So that, That's my so biggest fear. Really, well, was she so was certain. killed by a uh, anesthesiologist. Shit, that is a big fear of mine. I but just, how old that, was she? 81. 81 yeah. I think going under... Yeah, I don't think is, can, Yeah, it's, it's a know, bad his call. His dad just had surgery. It scared the heck yeah, out of us. my dad's mid-80s. we didn't know if he'd make it. Every surgery, it's like, do we do it? Or... 
do we chance it? You know, yeah. And yeah. because you know, it's to, much of a chance to have the surgery. To be honest, though, anytime you go in for surgery, it's right it's as dicey for anybody. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I it, the, like the percentages are much better for people that are younger, but it's still always a risk. Yeah, and that's why you have to have the best people. That's why you do it in a hospital. You don't do it in somebody's office. But it's funny you mentioned that, Adam, because I was curious as to exactly what the circumstances were. Yeah, and I'm not hearing a lot of foul play so no i mean it sounds like there was probably a lot of discussion about hey you're 81 we're putting you under er, but i just didn't realize that i mean people were saying that just a week ago i mean she was a a friend of mine saw a stand-up that she did within the last year and she's just this energetic running back and forth and doing all these physical bits and stuff i haven't seen it i haven't seen her in a long time actually but uh that documentary is on netflix and i've now seen part of that i need to watch the whole thing but pretty amazing so you've seen a lot of the old footage this is the part that i was actually kind of excited about it's whenever something like this happens they start showing some of the great stuff that she did before we even knew about yeah, her exactly god she was gorgeous she yeah. was so beautiful not that she's not a beautiful older woman but i don't remember her ever being that young in my mind and mm-hmm. beautiful and a really cool thing is in this documentary piece of work they play some old appearances of hers on old talk shows from like the you know maybe the 60s or whatever like before she was a replacement for Carson mm-hmm. uh, when she was a much younger comedian and now she's a second city veteran yeah. she's a, a very famous alumni but she is such an old second city alumni that that's not often mentioned really in Mm -hmm. a way it's not like tina fey where it's like oh yeah this modern crop of comedians but it was so funny to see her on it's like a mike douglas show or something like that and she did her stand-up bit had like total improv moves where she's doing a lot of stuff with her hands and pretending to do this and that i'm like wow that's like second city joan rivers that i'd never seen before like she's clearly second city joan rivers at that point because she's got all this physical stuff she's done thought that was cool in her tonight show monologue she had interaction with the audience She'd have a joke, and then she'd see someone with, like, big hooters or something. She'd say, you have hooters, I have uh, doorknobs or whatever. She yeah. was making the joke. But she found someone in the audience to do it with. The camera, like, hustled to find her. And it had a whole different feel than just, like, here yeah. are my jokes. Johnny you know? Carson was not an improviser, and she actually, you know, he yeah. actually had an improviser on that show. She yeah. was in uh, Dell's, uh, Del Close's generation. She was, like, yeah. his, really? in, on the same teams as him. That's I know amazing. that whenever I was, you know, we all read all of the Second City books and stuff, and there was a story about her audition. Um, I might not get the detail completely right, but she went to New York City to audition, and she had to go with her mom. She had somebody go with her because she was so young. She was, like, 18, but she was a woman in, in New York City, so the mom went with her. And they sat there to audition from when they got there at, like, 10 a.m., and it got to be about 6 o'clock, and she hadn't been seen yet, and they were wrapping up. And so <laughs> she just this is so her. Uh, they were wrapping up, and the mother was like, well, you're going to be seen. We came all the way here. You're going to be seen. And so they were starting to leave, and Joan's like, I haven't auditioned yet. And they're like, well, you know, can you come back tomorrow? She's like, no, get your ass back <laughs> in that room and listen to She went in there and just did her thing, and they were like, yes. And it was Second City auditioning in New York City. I think that's interesting. Wow. But she would not put up with that. She's like, get your ass back in there. You came here to see me, and I'm here, and my mom's here. Yay. I mean, that's ballsy. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes you can pull that off. Yeah, back then maybe. <laughs> she thought all times she could <laughs> do it. She did while. it all the time. I th- I could see that though. If you're sitting there with your mom, wouldn't it give you a little more oh, like? Sure. Fuck you. We came here. That's my mom. Go in there. <laughs> well, as <laughs> as movie guys, I looked to see what her movie career was like. Oh and, yeah. And that documentary was a, a big deal because apparently. Oh yeah. What great. other movies was she in? She directed Rabbit Test. <gasps> did you know that? <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh wow. Did you ever see that? I've never. That's seen Billy no. Crystal gets it. pregnant. Billy right? Crystal gets pregnant. That's funny. The junior of 1978, right? She directed it. I never knew that. Never knew. I recently used that phrase around some Rabbit test? Well, the rabbit died. I said, oh, the rabbit died. 
Try using that today. Ah, yeah. yes. You can't yeah. even talk about Back to the Future to most young people today. They're like, what is that? What? Now, we remember when uh, Joan was on our show, she had lovely things to say about all of us. Yes. Uh, remember, she had to say this about Karen. Yes. This girl was a tramp. I mean, crazy glue could not keep her knees together. And she got oh, a tramp. It's true. It's you really took it true. in stride, though. But I yeah, did. You well, like when she says things like that about Yeah, you. it makes you feel like she notices you. So <laughs> yeah, tip of the hat. Tip she's of the making hat. old jokes about me. I'm, I'm not that old, yeah. but she said... Uh, he is very wrinkled and gray, so he reminds me of Larry King's scrotum. Really? <laughs> you look just I like Larry. Oh, I, I don't know that. Really? Never mind. Hey, ball sack. Yeah, how would you? What? Yeah. Hey, oh, Adam, remember uh, she said this about you. Oh. Yeah. I always liked him. I thought he was a little lesbian, <laughs> and I thought he was so cute as a lesbian. And now he's turning into this big macho, <laughs> stupid kid. Just sh- shut up. <laughs> you know, when I hear that, I could hear her telling them to get their ass back in that yeah. room and let me out. Easily. She I went on to use the same comment about Justin Bieber. But oh. originally oh. it was you. I All think. right. <laughs> and, oh, and Lee, and then uh, I think she addressed your metrosexuality. You, know? you took a shit last week and Rock Hudson came out. <laughs> you know why that's funny? Because it's true. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. Kids, Rock Hudson was... <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to spoil the surprise. Yeah. Google it. Google and it. breaking news: This happened just today. Um, at, when this airs, yes. yesterday, Richard Keel passed away. Can you believe Your that? Jaws Aww. from the James Bond movies. His oh. name is Jaws. He kills okay. people. Yeah, that's seventy-four. Wow! Someone, uh, St- uh, Stephen Lewis, a uh, movie guy, pointed out a great moment that I'd never caught in Moonraker before because I think J- that was Jaws' second movie. I think that they brought him back because yeah. he was so popular. Maybe it was even his third. I think he was in three of them, right? But anyway, it's a return appearance for Jaws, and the guy that's the big uh, s- guy that's creating the space shuttles or whatever that's going to do the plot at the end. I forget what is the bad guy's <laughs> name in that one. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's ba- the one I've forgotten the most. The bo- the bad guy's name should be Moonraker. That's what it should, I be, it was. should be Carl Moonraker. <laughs> Evil Doctor Moonraker. Yeah, Evil Doctor Moonraker. Right? Yeah. No, the ship's called that. Why do but I think it, that? Yeah. But I thought that because Goldfinger and you know you, you get the bad guy's name. But it, there's a great moment where I didn't even realize that that he's uh, that uh, Bond kills one of his henchmen or something like that, or I, I, the henchman's taken out of it, and he gets on the phone and he says, you know, I need someone to 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 take down James Bond or, or so, I think it's something like that, and, then, and he goes. Uh, bring me your best man and then there's a long pause and he goes well certainly if you can get him and then it cuts right to Jaws Uh. (laughs) well certainly if you can get him (laughs) I never caught that uh, now kids Richard Keel was in Happy Gilmore I just want to for real wasn't he was the Adam Sandler I saw that once yeah he plays a Richard Keel is a huge guy. Yeah. Right? Right. Yes. Yeah. And he was in Happy Gilmore. Wasn't Happy Gilmore the golfing yeah, Adam Sandler? Yeah. 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 He, he stands in a crowd, yells at him. Um, but you can, what's sad, <laughs> what's kind of sad about that is you can see that he can already not walk at this stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he's really? like he's like leaning on Eddie Griffith or Rob Schneider or somebody like that to get him across the fairway. Yeah, he's kind of got the gigantism thing. He, yeah. d- he didn't look very good for the last 20 years. But, but I promise <laughs> you, somebody's listening to this going, oh yeah, now I know that guy. But yeah. also, for, for you kids out there listening, uh, Bigfoot from the Six Million Dollar Man. <laughs> oh, is that right? Really? Yeah, yeah. Bigfoot. It now, is. is he related at all to Lurch? That guy? Because they, they no. almost looked similar. They oh, had like yeah. a similar yeah, kind what of was that guy's strange... Ted Cassidy, right? So they're oh, not wow. Really? They're not both Keels. Good one. Mm. So I'll give you that. Maybe mm. they were cousins. Maybe Rest Howard in peace, Keel. Richard. Rest in like peace. Like third or second cousins. Yeah. He's gone, but the teeth live on. And he didn't direct any Billy Crystal comedies <laughs> of any no, type at all. Of. 
All right, well, let's preview our first film, No Good Deed. And I think we, we can start to? that with a rousing round of... Guess what it's about! Oh, the title of the game says it all, and all we really know about this film is the title. So, Karen, guess what it's about. I think Good Deed is the name of a doggy, and he gets up on the couch when he shouldn't, and is told, no good deed, bad dog. That's just silly. Lee? I'm pretty sure I do know this, Paul. While doing a friend a favor and searching for a runaway teenager, a police detective stumbles upon a bizarre band of criminals about to pull off a bank robbery. I'm sorry, I think you're confused. That's Oh, I see. That's 2002's. No Good Deed. Oh, same right. title. Oh. That's starring uh, Mia Jovovich and Samuel L. Jackson. This she was no, in other movies? Yeah, this right. No Good Deed stars Idris Elba. Oh, any relation to Jessica Alba? Not at all. And I'm sure you're the first person ever to ask that, so <laughs> congratulations. Adam? <laughs> this No Good Deed is the story of an escaped convict that shows up on the doorstep of an unsuspecting Atlanta housewife. You are a dumb Shut up. <laughs> 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 you don't want to mess with the I think Atlanta she can housewives. handle it, yeah. All right, that's it. Adam, you win this round, so let's you and I talk about Ooh, it. Ooh, I Here won. Go. Yeah. Oh, you I get to talk about I this movie. I get to movie. talk about this movie. That's Sorry. your prize? What a prize. <laughs> <laughs> no Good Deed, adapted from the phrase, No Good Deed Goes Unpunished, stars Idris Elba, one of the most imposing actors in cinema, with the name of a guy you might see serving you coffee at a poetry slam. Idris plays Creepy Stockerton, a guy with an eye for the ladies, one might say, on a witness stand. But Creepy escapes during a prison transfer from the same airtight company that arranged the prison transfers of Richard Kimball and Nicolas Cage, and he finds himself free. But he soon runs into a little car trouble, and by that we mean he runs into a tree. <laughs> and not one to waste an opportunity to terrorize women, he soon sets his sights on a character played by Taraji P. Henson, who is home alone for the evening with her two children. Knock, knock. Who's there? Idris Elba. Idris Elba who? I'm the guy that played Nelson Mandela. Oh, well, come on in. Any actor that played Nelson Mandela, he can't be all that. It's the criteria of a malignant narcissist. Acts of rage frequently involving the attentions of a woman. Oops. (laughs) Henson plays innocent mother love. I don't know. I'm sorry. IMDb's way over there. (laughs) And her story begins with a question we've all had to ask. Do you open the door to help a creepy stranger? Now the answer is yes. But then he's black and I'm a guilty liberal. He could be covered in blood and holding a knife and I'd still think well I don't want to come off racist. This plot has a throwback feel to it. It looks like a remake of the 1950s classic Don't Answer the Door. (laughs) Plus it's sequel. Seriously don't answer it. And of course the follow up. What did I just say? Basically, this is a classic September movie. It has actors in it and things happen. (laughs) The end. If this film is successful, look for the inevitable sequel, Goes Unpunished. Oh, wait. That already came out. That was the story of Ray Rice's original suspension. There's no cap on Ray Rice jokes. No. Not that fucker. Do you think Ray Rice planned this whole thing with the uh, Idris Elba? He's like, your movie's coming out. Let me just beat up on my girlfriend for a second. This is the second time it's happened. Um, Ray Rice and and, uh, this movie, and then Let's Be Cops and Ferguson. Oh. <laughs> I think Hollywood's up to something. <laughs> <laughs> tie-in, life tie-in. <laughs> it's imitating art, right? Because it's easier to get placement of your story on the news and cheaper, cheaper. than to get yeah. a commercial. If it's run as editorial, you don't have to buy. You don't ad have time. to buy ad time. <laughs> real life, real life requires no advertising. Budget. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm sold on this because of the actors. I do too. It Idris looks Elba, fantastic. Taraji B Henson. Mm-hmm. If you don't remember her, she was uh, in a number of Tyler Perry films, and also which is why you don't remember her. Fantastic and Oscar nominated in the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which was otherwise to me a 
okay film that she's fantastic. She in. is. Oh, she yeah. really stood out when I watched that. I remember thinking, and she's Queenie, right? The uh, the mother. Yeah. yeah. Is she in Think Like a Man? I just I yep. just watched a bunch of. Uh, she's in Think Like a Man and Think Like a Man Two. Think Like a Man as All well. Right. But she's very talented. She's really good, and he's yep. excellent. Have you ever seen Luther? No, I told him I'm supposed to see it. Man, there's just way too many yeah. good TV shows. Oh, he's good. He's really yeah. good. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what this does, though, because it doesn't seem. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, you know, because this seems like such an obvious story, and I feel like we've seen it all just from the trailer. Yeah. So it'd be well, but I think there's going to be, I mean, I, I, th- they show that shot in there where, like, I mean, he answers, she answers the door and all this stuff, and then, of course, cut to he's inside the apartment, and you realize... <laughs> That's a pretty big jump. That's well, big jump. you know, the trailer's yeah. not going to cover everything, <laughs> right, right. but he's taking a shower. In the in yeah, the, in the so shower, can you imagine right. being? I mean, I could just tell this is going to be like this wind up of like, you know, he's not going to just run in and try and kill her. He's just going to be there, and there's nothing she How can do t- about it. And terrifying. all the cell phone towers have gone out. I mean, that's got to happen. Well, that has to happen. Right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. How do they explain the hanging out? Well, how do they explain the fact that he needs her phone because he doesn't have one in this day and age? Right. That's what I thought too. That's first thing about. I would love to wonder how they. Well, because he's an ex. Oh, he just got in a car accident, so maybe it flew out the window. But there's a great scene. Well, he wouldn't have had one because he was in prison. Yeah, but she didn't know. But she's got to question that. Yeah. Wait, no iPhone. You're a prisoner. <laughs> I do think that from uh, a woman's point of view, that is a tricky situation to be in because she does technically everything right as far as we can tell in the trailer. She goes to the door, she checks and she sees that there's someone alone and she doesn't know him and she keeps the door kind of closed and says, can I help you? And she doesn't just say, come on in. She says, I'll go get the phone, stay here. She shuts the door. The whole time he's checking it out to see if he's going to attack her. She leaves the door open though. Oh, when did she? she? Goes to get the kid oh, that's not good. She just leaves it like this. Nah, nah, nah. like I don't know. I might as well come in. <laughs> I mean, oh, I thought she had the chain thingy up. And does he ever? Do we ever get the sense that he actually attacks her? I don't. Because know. maybe he just like hangs out and orders pizza. Well, I think that's a large amount of the suspense Dude, is like coiling spring, you know, oh. like coiled spring. Like when is and this going to explode? Here's the worst part. He's super hot, so you're like, there's a creepy dude in my house. He but he's is super hot. He is yeah. like big. And, and now mythic. he's watching cable. And he's taking uh, a shower. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah, there was talk of him as James Bond if you were going to do the, Damn old, it, the yes. whole, uh, you know, sort of. Yeah, go with every sort yeah. of nationality. That yeah. would be okay. Since they've gone the nationalities of British, Irish, An Australian, Scottish. Welsh, yeah. and Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty Shades of Pale. <laughs> There's a great scene or a great moment in the trailer that. For me, just reeks of uh, the sister would do this, but a white woman would never do this. So she catches him on the bed with her her daughter, and she sees the gun, and that's her first clue that something's going wrong, I guess, other than that he's snuck in the house, maybe. But she doesn't, like, try to defuse the situation. She just goes right at him. She's like, put him down! (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. You know what? That's a good point, because I probably would pretend... That you didn't that see. I it. didn't see the gun, yeah. so that we could just be like, yeah. "Oh, no big deal," because I wouldn't want to go there yet. Yeah, she went I right there. I would still be planning my attack and yeah. be like, "Let's be friends. Maybe he won't kill me." Yeah. Again, <laughs> I told you. Got a gun. Well, he, <laughs> I mean, he might gonna, think I'm like, funny. Put him down. No. Boom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I. I told you I'm I'm so liberal I would I would answer the door and I would be like wow well, I don't want to make him feel like I'm racist River even when I saw the gun like you know that thing where people <laughs> people are so liberal they're actually racist where you go well a lot of black guys probably carry those <laughs> <laughs> I mean some people wear watches and they don't actually tell the time I've heard so. of that I've yeah heard of that. weird weird 
I don't, I'm not too sure about this movie though. You said you were excited, Pete, for it. No, I, oh, I'm Paul? I'm on the fence. I oh. I think the the talent is really awesome, but I'm not sure about the story. I think the I think the talent is awesome, but it's misplaced because I'm not ready to root against Idris Elba. Yeah, I don't well, I don't he, like that he has to be a bad guy. Maybe he's not really a bad guy. See, yeah, yeah, we that don't really know. Might happen because we like him. And maybe there's a tall her. dark uh, tall drink of dark chocolate that leaves at the beginning of the trailer. He's we, cute We too. can only assume he's coming back oh. to put a whooping on, right? Or maybe a three-way. That lucky woman. In Luther, he's got shades of bad as well. Right, uh, from what, what I've seen of Luther, yeah. he's he's got a lot of you know. And I like that he play that. I like that. It's only when Mel Gibson became an actual bad guy do we get him as bad guys yeah. in movies. But you know, I like that yeah. Idris will play a bad guy. Yep. You know. And we don't know because you know the story could be that he protects her at some point because it Wait seems like it's so set up that oh, he's going to attack her. But maybe he's going to end up protecting her from somebody else because he's such a bad guy that he can handle himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, Let them never fight. Pete, are you suggesting? That we should see the movie to Wait find out. Yeah, I say so. We Come just, on, we just preview. Yeah, we don't here. see them. Yeah. One last thing. <laughs> Slow your roll, there, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I did see Think Like a Man recently because I d- did the video where we had all the African American performances in a montage, and so I watched a bunch of movies that I had never seen before. I saw Think Like a Man. I saw Best Man Holiday, and. Uh, Think Like a Man is the weirdest movie because it's okay because it's got a really good cast and everything and they all kind of sell it and and everything. But it is such an advertisement for Steve Harvey's book that that everybody is reading it and talking about Steve Harvey and have you heard about Steve Harvey? And while Steve Harvey says they do. Wait, is it a real book? or? Well, it is a real book. He had a book and that was adapted into... And there's a couple of clever things. Like he has like, he has like types of people and then they play the types that he talks about. But... It's always referring to his book. It's like, oh, you're the type from Steve Harvey's book. That's hilarious. all right. So in <laughs> it's the greatest that's advertising, how they got it. That's yeah. probably they Hang got on. a deal. And what about Bob? He has a book called Baby Steps, but that doesn't really exist. Yeah, exactly. Weird. Right. It's not really advertising like Larry King's book. Like imagine that book was like, right? what about Bob? Was a book by Larry King, and the yeah. entire time they keep talking about Larry King's book. Right. Yeah. Bob, that's weird. You, Bob, have you looked at Joey, Dr. Joy's brother's baby steps? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then there's so many scenes where you come in and Steve Harvey's on the TV Holy and they're watching Steve Harvey oh, talk on a TV about his book. Talk about product placement. It is so product oh placement. Mountain Dew the movie. Uh, <laughs> did they do that in the sequel too? I haven't seen yeah, the sequel. They go to uh, Vegas. So I don't know. I didn't even go to Burger King. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> yeah, in the sequel, it's just a lot of references to Family Feud. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, uh, <laughs> Family he, Feud's always in the background. They play the Family Feud. He walks feud. around kissing everyone. <laughs> Slot machine no in the casino. Deal. Survey says. <laughs> Ding. All right, but now, but do, uh, do one to others. Sorry, what is it called? Oh, No Good Deed. There you go. No Good Deed. Does bring up something we've been advocating for a long time here on the show, and that's increased safety during prisoner transfers. Yes, Paul. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the aforementioned The Fugitive or Con Air, transferring prisoners is not an exact science. Mm-hmm. True. But that is where our next guest comes in, we promise at the top of the show. Please welcome Sven Secure, <laughs> head of Loctite Prisoner Transfer System. Ah! Hello! Very nice thank you, it. everybody. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Paul. Like like you, I saw the trailer for No Good Deed, and I realized another movie has hired an inferior prison transfer security system. Right? <laughs> I can't believe we have 2.2 million Americans in jail. Given the low quality of success we have in transporting them from one place to another. Yes. The Defiant Ones or Brother Where Art Thou Still Crazy. <laughs> These movies just make laughing stocks out of what I take very seriously. <laughs> so then let me ask you, what makes Loctite different? 
Well, we outfit our custom prisoner transfer buses with the latest technologies, including special ID bands <laughs> linked to the bus's GPS system, uplinked to all prisons that we work with. Whoa, oh, pretty high yeah. tech. Mm -hmm. so, so a system like this would make the plot of Con Air far-fetched. Yes, <laughs> the plot of Con Air could never exist with the Loctite systems. I think we can all get behind the idea that Con Air did not exist. Yes, but doesn't that take all the fun out of a movie like Fled? <laughs> Fled wasn't fun. It only thought it was fun. <laughs> what I mean is, modern technology uh, could modern technology destroy an entire subgenre of prison escapes? Well, for an extra bonus fee, or if the prisoner is wrong f wrongfully, mm, it's, the, it's all not my first language, English, <laughs> is wrongfully accused, okay. we will let the prisoner escape under the strictest supervision <laughs> from Loctite prison transfer systems. Okay. Oh. This probably wouldn't benefit someone like John Coffey or Matthew Ponsor set. Uh, yes, but uh, what if they go on a killing spree? Oh, yeah, good question. Well, we can allow them to go on a killing spree <laughs> for an additional fee. Oh. All under the strict supervision of Loctite. Now, why would you do that? Yeah. Because where's the fun in a locked up prisoner? <laughs> Look, the movie industry, which you guys prize so very much, really does show us in a bad light. The Expendables 3 just showed Mel Gibson getting busted out of an army-style truck full of Expendables. Yeah. They make it look too easy. And honestly, you want to keep the Mel Gibson from going to jail. And in Fast Five, a drug lord tries to extract Vin Diesel from a DEA convoy and successfully kills tons of agents and blows up the envoy. A drug lord. And all I can say is, you can count on Loctite to defend you against an army. And we can certainly handle an attack from Charlie Sheen. <laughs> now, all right, now, how about the Defiant Ones? Now, in that movie, the truck just ran off the road. I mean, something can be attributed to honest mistakes, no? Hey. They gave Tommy Lee Jones, that uh, Tommy Lynn Jones guy, an Oscar for hunting down Richard Kimball yeah. after Kimball got loose from a prison bus accident. And then he gets on a plane chasing Wesley Snipes and U.S. Marshals, and the plane crashes and allows Snipes to get loose. Did he learn nothing? Oh, nothing. nothing. Right. And with that ID band and GPS system, there's no way that would happen today. Of course not. I mean, well, we've tested it actually on Wesley's knife. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should focus on the positive. Plenty of characters get taken to jail successfully, right? Oh, sure they do, but they don't stay there. Oh. That's where the real reform is needed. Guys like Tim Robbins and Clint Eastwood walking out of maximum security facilities, or Elvis singing songs all really nearly, <laughs> and Hannibal Lecter took the guy's face off. Who needs, who needs this? I'm definitely in the right business. Oh, let me idea. Okay, you go. <laughs> going. Let's look ahead, right? We look forward to the future of this as well and the advances in prisoner transfer security yeah. going forward. Ah, uh, yes. As the movies have already shown us the future. It's pitch black. Where, where's the commercial space cruiser is carrying a criminal on board? There's the safety there. Mm. They're horribly under-equipped and once again, it's Vin Diesel. What have you got against Vin Diesel? Pass the pacifier. Oh, I guess. Yes, I guess so. All right, Sven Secure, everybody. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. You know, Calling Paul, in on the ISDN line. Let me just hang up on yeah. you. Okay. Is, is, he, is he gone? Sorry I didn't let you get any word in there, Because I don't want to... Uh, oh, yeah, that was so weird. I know. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't think, I don't think accent was his first language. <laughs> <laughs> I like...
liked him because he just seemed really excited about everything. Yeah. Like, I'd want him in charge of my prisoners. You want a guy fired up who's in the security business. Yes. Yeah. Or you don't want him laxing off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people who are German or Swedish or whatever, I mean, they're very uh, excitable. I think I saw... Mother German, father Swedish. <laughs> I think I saw him in a production of a uh, community theater production of The Producers. Oh, yes. 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 He played, very good. Uh, he's good in Zero that. Mostel's character, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought he was Seven the girl secure. in the bikini. <laughs> yes, he's Ula. 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 Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the next film in our two-movie weekend. More? I don't know. Yes. I, I think I want to keep talking to him. What is that? <laughs> I've hung up on him. Oh, damn it. Get him back. Everybody with an obligation to a visiting aunt or church youth group, church youth group get excited because they've added a two to the movie Dolphin Tale and put it back in theaters. It's Dolphin <sighs> Tale 2, Karen. When we last left Winter, the dolphin from Dolphin Tale, she was warming the hearts of Americans with her struggle to adapt the prosthetic tail in the previous tale. Get it? The marketing people sure did. <laughs> this time, the goal is to get Winter to mate. Winter needs some dolphin tail. Get it? The marketing people sure don't, so that makes this the behind-the-green-door of nature movies. Winter needs to be paired with another female, and soon. <laughs> I love the water. That's sexy. Can you keep that going? Yeah, it's yeah, underneath the whole thing. Uh, it's a heartwarming story about nature, family, and relationships. It has all the critics calling it in theaters this week. <laughs> the Mate for Winter will actually fulfill USDA requirements sent down by the government that dolphins need companions. The USDA? Mm -hmm. The guys who put minimum requirements on food? Uh, what does the Department of Agriculture care about any of this? Actually, this USDA is the United States Dolphin Association, oh. a collection of professional dolphins who lobby Congress <laughs> to get more fair treatment for their species in movies and TV. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. This movie is written and directed by and co-stars Charles Martin Smith, who you might know from Toad, uh, from American Graffiti, or the guy from The Untouchables, who's not Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, or Andy Garcia. Good idea. <laughs> this is a movie that captures that all the thrills and excitements of a SeaWorld dolphin show. Hi guys, welcome to Clearwater Marine Aquarium. How's everybody doing today? Oh. <laughs> Looks like winter's being extra playful today. This is why nobody has ever been to a dolphin show and thought to themselves, you know, this would make a great movie. Nobody except, of course, Charles Martin Smith. And we can expect other Charles Martin Smith movies based on boring presentations, such as the Universal Tram Tour, <laughs> the Vacuum Cleaner Sales Seminar, and Timeshare Vacation <laughs> Package Pitch, the movie. <laughs> the sequel brings back the entire cast of the original, reminding America for the second time in three years that none of them have quit acting. <laughs> <laughs> Say, do you like a lot of smiling and nodding in your movies? Well, then you're in for a treat, because this saccharine sequel stars Ashley Judd, who returns to give the movie that late 90s vibe. Say no talking. Isn't he good? <laughs> nice! She's into nice. I would call her character knowing. Uh, Wherever she is, she's just kind of She knowing. knows all over that trailer. Knowing smiles, knowing glances. God. Oh, and Harry Connick Jr. returns as the choice they went with when Dennis Quaid and Tim Daly had other obligations. <laughs> <laughs> and Morgan Freeman is back to say lines from the script. But no matter what he says, it always sounds like he's waxing philosophic. It's hard to even coax her out to eat. You ever try bacon? Works with my cat. It's deep, man. 
Wait, Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman together again and no murder mystery? Ooh. Mm. The aquatic ma- mammals are adorable. The trainers are charming. This is a real family film. So expect a lot of this. That's them. <laughs> you know, studies have shown that <laughs> dolphins actually rape one another. Oh, <laughs> Seriously, oh. this movie has everything you'd expect from a Blu-ray. <laughs> it's got real quality picture and sound, and it's guaranteed not to skip, we think. It's going to be a huge hit in SUVs across America. <laughs> I'm going to be at a red light behind some SUV full of little kids, There's and I'm going to be watching Dolphin Tale, too. <laughs> um, Dolphin Tale, too, because Winter's Tale and A Winter's Tale were taken. Will these dolphins fuck? We'll see. <laughs> or someone will. And if it doesn't go well, you can expect Dolphin Tale 3, The Tuna Factory. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm playing in Japan. Now, I think we should have discussed this. Nice, Paul. I think we should have had Pete on earlier and discussed this because now I think we learned that this is just a lesbian encounter. Yeah. We, yeah it's we, another female. It's another girl. Female and female. Which yeah. makes it even action. hotter. They can yes. still fuck. <laughs> They're going to fuck oh, and yeah. it's going to be even sick. Oh, but it's a little baby doll. Oh, oh yeah, right. that is great. That with is rape, great. <laughs> with I rape. Know. Oh, I don't know. I uh, was doing some. I don't want to give anything away, but I was doing some research on something that's going to happen later in the show. And um, <laughs> what could it be? <laughs> what could it be? What could it be? <laughs> what could I be doing? And I learned that Flipper's the reason, <laughs> the reason that they um, have to say they have this is, I guess it's a big deal that they want to help save the dolphin that they put the fin on is because there's only so much money that the um, Aquatic Society of America can spend. And so normally they just kill anybody, any oh, of the sure, animals yeah. that don't have a chance. Yeah. Because why bother? There's so many that they need to, like, find homes for and stuff. That's horrifying. I know. Find homes for? Well, because we they wash sea them. lions. Would you mind? Yes, <laughs> just keep them in the bathtub. Do. They'll be fine. Then I they guess they're in, like, they don't have their mom anymore, and they find them in the wild, and they need help, and so they grab them and... But this one didn't have a tail, so they're like, well, let it die. And everybody's like, no. Those dolphins so. having a chicken run style escape, that's the movie I want to see. I <laughs> yeah. do, too. They find that out. No, they just kill you. They what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's even trickier because they can't breathe on land, so it'd have to be really clever. The Sharknado guys could do great guns with a fleet of dolphins, couldn't they? Like, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They'd attach like super sci-fi guns on them, not just yeah. the tail, but also... Do you guys remember stuff? the movie from the 70s, The Day of the Dolphin? I've heard of that. Scott, George Is C. that when they turn them into bombs? Them, turns them into, they have <gasps> bombs on their back, and he trains them to go out it's based and Based on like a real uh, thing. Yeah. Wait, yeah, wait, they would have cool. them blow up, uh, did they they blow up a boat. Dr. That, uh, Evil, I think. Somebody's under. Wait a minute. Did in. they train them to take the thing off their back? No. No, no, no. no. Yeah, it is. It's a mine. It's a mine. That's oh, all right. Oh, they so don't they just blow up like a suicide dolphin? It sticks to the thing. But I think that there is a suicide aspect to it because at the end, the thing I remember is the dolphins are talking to George C. Scott and what? he decides he doesn't want them to go. And they're like, Pa loves Pa. Like it's like they start to talk back what? and forth. Oh, I'd love to hear George C. Scott talk to a dolphin. He's talking to the dolphin. And he's like, what? Come on, just get out there. Oh, my God. Look, I know you're all lovable. 
Oh but I need God. you to get out there and kill me some comics. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the, the uh, shift? He had just won the Oscar oh. for Patton, and then he was doing a dolphin it's movie. It's just like Snow Dogs. <laughs> it's it the is. same thing. Yeah. That is yeah. back when you just took the next thing. You didn't go, well, my career should now go in this direction. Mm. You just yeah. did the next thing, and <clears throat> we're happy that it was coming. I that guess. explains a lot of the work I've been in. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to well, no, be a that, movie? Yes, I'll do it. Know that should you win an award, you don't have to change that ethic at all <laughs> good thank you you and george c scott <laughs> oh, well that's good company all right let's get to know our guest a little Uh-oh. more a staple of the second city stages and touring company in mm-hmm. chicago when many of us were living there and here in los angeles he's put together quite a resume appearing in the movies we mentioned before plus fun with dick and jane oh. project x as well as appearances on a horde of tv shows psych workaholics the middle oh, with the great sweet. neil flynn and mm-hmm. more uh pete gardner is yay, yay! See, we were welcoming him again, and he's been here the whole time, but this is a segment devoted to Pete. So. Whoa, that sounds nice. We're going to stare Exciting. at Pete. Wow. Okay, everyone just Let's stare at Pete. Let's look at Pete. Pete, I have a question. Didn't you have a different last name before you got married or something? What happened I there? Did. I No, my original name is Pete Gardner. I was born and raised Pete Gardner. Uh-huh. And then when I joined SAG, there was a Pete Gardner. And for some reason back in the 80s, I didn't want to be like Tiffany Amber Thiessen or Michael J. Fox. Oh, so put I the cha- initial in and there. And my dad had changed it when he was growing up in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> he changed it from Paul Zaradnik to Paul Gardner, which is the English translation. So if you were ever in Czechoslovakia and you needed a gardener, you'd go look for the Zaradnik. Oh, that's and cool. So, <clears throat> so my dad had passed away when I was 13, when I was a kid. And so there was part of me that wanted to, you know, kind of throw it back to the family and, you know, have the original name. But, oh, my God. No one could a say A ten-letter name <laughs> that you weren't born with no. is, like, impossible. And uh, Nobody and, pronounced that right at then, all. Forever. And then, but the thing was, is then for years... Uh, when I was in Chicago, half the time I was Pete Gardner, and then the other half of the time I was Pete Radnick. And then when I moved to L.A., I was Pete Radnick when I first got here, and then I was like, can I change it back? Because my wife and my son were the gardeners, and I was Pete Radnick. So oh, I was like, so- what's the deal? Are they from another marriage? Right. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, let's just... And I and I had been, you know, years I would stare up at the ceiling and be like, I should do it. No, it's fine. No, you're already established. Don't do it. And then I just went to SAG, and I was like, can I change it back? They're like, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh- and I was oh, like, you're kidding me. So, so the other Pete Gardner just didn't do anything, so no, they just forget him? <laughs> the other Pete Gardner went crazy. Oh. And, and what oh. was really weird is that I met somebody that knew him one time at an audition. They're like, you're not Pete Gardner. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, he went crazy. And they're like, he was an improv guy. And oh, he my was God. A guy. So he, he was, was like, you. And he was like, a, so I was like, maybe I have that in my, like, it's going to come full circle or Tyler something. Durden. I'm not really sure. Um, that, there's a thing. I, I love me some Oprah. And there was a whole thing that Oprah had on her show one time where she had all the women in the audience stand up and say their name. And it was a whole, we speak their name, say your name. And it's easy for men to say your name because your name is Paul Preston. But for women, you're just kind of like, well, at what point in my life do you mean? Because I don't know if my name's Karen Volpe or Karen Preston. And it's a weird thing you have to come to terms with. But you had to come to terms with that. Like, what is your name? I found it really creepy. And I also found, but because it was self-imposed, and it wasn't like for you know marriage or something like that, which I, is also sort of self-imposed. Wasn't for, wasn't for your <laughs> career. It is, but I I just felt like in this business everything's so phony and fake as it is. Yeah, I started to feel disingenuous a little bit. I mean, it was my father's name, so it wasn't like something I like Pete Steele or something. <laughs> <laughs> and there are those guys. 
But I uh, I just decided to change it back, and I was actually really happy that I that I was able to get my real name back. Yeah. Just, just well, I would myself. just like to go on record Good. as saying, uh, change your name is really fucked up, Pete. So whatever. <laughs> it is. Um, his name is <laughs> Bartley Caius. I changed my first. I, yeah. I decided to go by a different first name. Like, well, that's great. Like three years. ago. I think whatever floats your boat is yeah. totally fine. But I just remember. I mean, Zaradnik was but just see, such a. But see, Pete Gardner stuck. Right. So what what happened with me is I went. I changed my first name to my middle name, and. Honestly, we discussed this last week. Outside of this room, it really hasn't caught up. We're yeah. the only ones that <laughs> We're the only ones that have stuck with it. Because <laughs> I've had a couple of career changes or job changes where I had to keep my my original first name or the, right. the, my, my first first name because I can't send the resume in and do all that networking as the other guy. Right. So, so it's know. just on this show. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just on this show. If you see, me, if you see me on the street, I, and a say comedy Bart. show where honestly Bart is a funnier name. <laughs> yeah, Bart is pretty it's great. The one yeah. place he went with a serious name. <laughs> I'm regretting it every day. <laughs> see, but that's what I did. I, I felt yeah. like after a while, I was just like, oh, I, I just feel like it's 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 hard, and mm-hmm. I have. The, but the only thing is that it's also unique. Pete yeah. Zaradnik was a unique name, and my agents were always like, "Don't change it back! Don't change it back! It's perfect. Leave it, leave it." But I wanted to just be me. Did you ever consider like changing the spelling of Zaradnik? So because I'm sure, because I'm from Cleveland, so I understand what that name probably looks like. Yeah. And the first three <laughs> yeah. of them, first three letters are probably C Z K. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> could you just have spelled it phonetically? Maybe that would have gotten you around that. I could have, but it wasn't so much that. It was just the identity of being Pete Gardner as opposed to being Pizza Rat. And again, people always seem to think like I'm like, eh, we get you. You're Pete Gardner now. But I was oh, like, that's, that's my funny. name. I was born that way. You were oh, okay. Pete Gardner. That's I find funny. it hard to believe there was a Tiffany Thiessen. And so she had to take on Amber. <laughs> <laughs> now, the story so I many heard, of those. But the story I heard about Michael J. Fox was, yeah. isn't that there was another Michael Fox, but that his. He wanted to go by his name, initial name, which was Michael Andrew or Michael Adam or Michael something, and he didn't want to go with Michael A. Fox. Right, right. So he just changed it to Jay. That was the story I've heard. And he picked mm. Jay as an homage to Michael J. Pollard from what I've heard. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't know that. So From uh, Little Foss and Big Halsey. The I probably didn't know. name the most popular one. <laughs> 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 but there is a Karen Johnson, isn't that right? Whoopi Goldberg. Oh. Oh. Now that's a boring name. Isn't no, it Karen Johnson? Isn't it Karen right. Johnson? That's like, like so that? plain, right? Yeah. Karen, uh, be, Karen's a great name. Well, Karen's a good name, but but <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> is a lot more unique <laughs> than oh Karen Johnson. Name. That's a name. <laughs> Stick with Volpe. <laughs> Volpe. Did you take Preston? I, uh, I demanded legally. Nothing. You did? I have all three. I wow. can do whatever I want with them. That's is that your middle name now? Is yeah. Preston right? Name? I just took them all. Make it your own. I'm like, let's just do this thing. Mix and match. I like it because when I go to the doctor's office, they always call me Kelly Preston because I'm Karen Preston at the doctor's office. So that's fun because you see a lot of people's heads flip around. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's Karen Preston. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, Pete, what is your favorite movie of all time? We ask every guest. Favorite what movie of all time? Well, there's Today. so there's that. Well, right now, <laughs> I would say it's always going to be "It's a Wonderful Life." Oh, that's my favorite movie of all I, time. I gotta go back I and start keeping track because that might be winning. I think it's that winning. might be. You're, yeah. you're right. I think that is winning. I think. By, mean? Well, we've had oh, 65 like all the episodes or so. Yeah. I think maybe three or four people have said that. Yeah. So it's probably winning. 
Oh, it's yeah. such a good movie. Yeah. It's got so much going on besides all the performances, which are great, and just. But it's got such a great story, and also has got all these great life lessons in it that I just think are so fantastic. It's a, it's a, it's in like a, a, a an uncle of a movie, isn't it? Like, yeah. come on, come on, let's just hang and out. It's not so much. It's not <laughs> even so much that it's a Christmas story because that's like that's just kind of added in there. Yeah. I, I think that that's just part of it. But it has so much to do with just that your life makes a difference that everybody mm. and, and and it's so true it's so true i when you know because every once in a while somebody will be like you know you go to a home depot and people be like oh i saw you in project x or whatever and then that's always nice that's always feels great but the thing that has really made a difference is the people that i taught improv to back in chicago or here in uh, in los angeles and they'll come up to me and they'll be like you know what there were times when you came up to me and you said stick with it and don't give up and i'm on main stage at second city now or Jason Sudeikis came up to me. Uh, I went to go see Tina and Amy at the at uh, SNL, and he came up to me. He's like, "You probably don't remember this, but you t- told me one time. He's like, don't go back to Kansas City. Stick it out. See if you really can do it.'" Oh, and he's that's like, awesome. "I'm on Saturday Night Live right now." And that's like, you know, I'm not I'm not taking claim for him being on Saturday Night Live. He's a very talented young man. But I'm just saying, like, you just don't know the thing. And I was probably drunk when I talked. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like I had any sort of like real. But but what I'm saying. Sure, what the hell? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Oh my god. I could give a shit. Kansas uh, sounds like it sucks. Stick around here. You just sounded to me like you were teaching like when I had it taken from Dell. You could tell how you were doing by how much he coughed. Yeah. <laughs> he just would sit there quietly. <laughs> I'm like, oh he coughed twice. Oh do you have a good uh, Del Close impersonation? I uh, most mm, of our guests do. Pretty yeah. good, pretty good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that I was believe. perfect. It was uh, do Poseidon bells. that said. And he would always talk about something. It, would, would, it would always be a famous person with some sort of drug and then yeah. some illegal activity. And then uh, some sort of uh, uh, mythology thrown in. There you Jeffrey, go. you know, the god of war. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I will say about Del Close is that he said all these great things and we were actually just so scared. I was so scared, I was scared. most of the time yeah. when he was talking and when I didn't know what he was talking about. But years later... Like, God is in the details. You know, all those kind of things. I was like, oh, yeah. It's all about the details. It's all about taking your time. It's all about specificity. And I was like, oh, these are such great gifts. This is great stuff. (laughs) But at the time, I was just like, oh, he just hope he doesn't look at me. You know, he would, and then sometimes he'd really rip people apart, and it was tough. It was a tough, it was a tough room. But then he got nicer and nicer, and I'll never forget I did a play with Dell, and I was doing another improv show that wasn't connected to the Improv Olympic, but he had heard about it. And he was like, what's this thing you're doing, Ed? You know what I'm <laughs> and, and, and I was talking about it, and I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm having a conversation with Dell. Because yeah. I tried to talk to him one time, and I went over to him, and he he like backed up into a corner, and then he just he couldn't get out, and he didn't care what I had to say. He just wanted out of that room. And so I started to realize that maybe he was more scared of us than we were of him. That's a good point. Which I didn't realize. I never would have thought. But he um, he was actually a really interesting guy and really nice, fun guy to talk to. But there was always that you know that feeling of like he's so he's so scared. Did you start your uh, movie and TV career in Chicago? Because I didn't see uh, early edition on your resume. No, that Cupid. was before my time. Everybody did early, early edition. Editions. Cupid, were you that in Cupid? That was before my time. I did Missing Persons, which was a huge show. And then... Uh, and a great 80s band. Yeah, even better 80s band. <laughs> I can't even remember. what. No, I did The Untouchables. I oh. did The Untouchables. TV show? or the TV movie? show, yeah. not the movie. Um, I did... Um, Oh, with the Wayans brothers, I did Mo Money. 
And uh, what else did I do there? Homeboys in Outer Space? Homeboys in Outer Space? (laughs) (laughs) Were you in that pilot that they shot right there in Wrigleyville? Um, George Went. Didn't he have a pilot that everybody was in? Well, the one with Tim Kazarinski, Sports Bar? Sports Bar. Were you uh, in that? Oh, no. That was, oh. that might have that been was a show. That actually Yeah, that aired locally. Oh, no, I thought they were just doing a pilot. So. Okay. Yeah, no, that aired locally. Well, so you missed out on all that. Yeah. Sorry. on it. <laughs> I know. I didn't mean to bring that up. Jeez. Uh, but uh, years later, I saw you on the Universal lot. Uh, you had just shot Evan Almighty. Oh, my God. And you were so telling me fun. stories uh, about, um, this is just a brief, uh, hey, the, 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 I know that guy from Chicago type of thing, and you were telling me about the, uh, the arc they built. In oh my North God. Carolina. It you were down so, there for that, right? Oh, yeah. I, was, I went down there. What was really amazing about that job was I was there for like two months. I was supposed to be there for like a week. Oh, that's even better. Oh, yeah, that's that was nice. Great. All right. <laughs> and what was so awesome was it would be like if there was a cloud in the sky, they'd be like, all right, Pete, get, get ready. Get, you know, get dressed up in your costume. And I'd get all ready and ready to go and say uh-huh. my line and whatever. And then they'd be like, you know what? That cloud's coming. You know, we're going to do some stuff with Steve. You just hang tight. <laughs> and that went on day awesome. after day after day. And they had built this enormous arc. I mean, it w- looked just like right out of a Sunday school class. Wow. And it was like uh, the size of a football field. And it was four stories tall. And it was just gorgeous. It was real. I mean, it was like a big movie. I mean, it was like a big deal. And one of the main things that we had to do was we had to run onto the arc. And the director was like, you know, there were like 300 extras. And the director's like, we really need this to look like it's life and death. Like it's going to rain and nobody's going to make it. So you guys really got to run on that thing. And what he didn't realize, and that's what he said before we, that was like before the first take, is that the camera, the Panaflex, Panavision, huge, you know, widescreen camera was at the top of the ramp. And everybody knew that it was there. So everybody knew whoever got there first <laughs> was going to be bigger than life oh. going up those the, up that ramp. So people were literally killing each other <laughs> to get up that ramp. And the director was like, cut, cut, cut. He's like, you see these people? This guy, that guy, her, her, <coughs> they have to get on the arc. You know, so everybody has to calm down. Oh, that's The hysterical. 300 extras were going for broke. Everybody <laughs> knew that they were just going to be like running up this thing. And so you were in the front of that mob? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, well, as, as they did it, that's well, that was the thing is we had to get through the mob and get oh, up right. there. But then I knew enough to, like, I knew what the framing was, so I knew that my spot, if you watch the movie, uh, I knew, like, of course, here's Steve Carell, and then here's the bunch of the other guys, like the other, like, you know, the supporting characters. And I was like, I'm going to go right that way. I'm going to go right by Steve. And so my stuff, I'm always in the shot because I just went, I kind of lined up right next to him. I mean, you got to always, because I did a, a movie, Fun with Dick and Jane, it was the same sort of thing. Right before I went on to do it, they're like, Is that also Steve Odekirk? Is that the director? I, no. That oh, was actually, Tim, Tom Shadyak. Or Tom, Tom Shadyak. Shadyak. I get this confused. Yeah. But for that one, uh, just before I went on, I was putting my suit on to go do the scene. And they're like, um, we gave Jeff Garland all your lines. Because it just made more sense because he's the boss. So it just made more sense. Mm. But if you can, if you can get something in there. Go for it. And I was Shut like, up. oh, Jesus. That's scary. And it was scary. But then I realized where the frame was around uh, Jim Carrey. And I went down and talked to him and so that my bit stayed in because I was in the frame and the other guys were standing up. But what was really scary was that I did these bits. And that's all I had was whatever I came up with just improvising with Jim Carrey. And we take a break for a second. And Jim was like, that was really funny when you said the thing. You were talking to me like I was a child. That was great. The other guys in the scene started doing yeah, it. Yeah, they would take and that. I was like, That's the only bit I got, yep. you guys. Oh, you guys yeah. have lines. I've lost my lines. That's just like an improv <laughs> show where you're trying to now impress Sharna. Uh, where was that shot? <laughs> that was shot down uh, uh, at uh, Sony. 
So that's local. The local guys should know better. The North Carolina guy, oh, right? Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. We're on TV. You know, the way yeah. Well, you know, I like... I like because, you know what? It would have been fine if it was just my bit, and they would have just been like, whatever, that's lame. But that Jim Carrey gave it his blessing. Yes. Then it was just like, that's what I'm going to do, too. Yep. So, but you know, I like the fact that you, th- you are cast in these movies, but you're still fighting for to be in the frame. Like, that's really smart. You're still on top of your shit. Well, you got it. You got it because brilliant. you just get cut out. Yeah. And because, you know what? It's from being cut out. Uh, like uh, we were talking about, we were talking smart. about the Hangover. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in the Hangover, uh, I had to, also. I, I mean, that's happened a couple of times. But the Hangover, I got cut out because of timing. But um, he wrote me the nicest letter. The director wrote me the nicest letter and said, uh, "I'm sorry." Um, and I knew when I got the letter, I was like, "This uh, is an invite to the premiere, or this is sorry we cut you." Uh, but 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 nobody does that anymore. Nobody actually lets you know like that you're not going to be yeah, in you it. You just yeah. show up and see it, and, and you're so they, bring and your, and your friends, like your and, friends and everything. It's so depressing. Yeah. And then you don't tell anybody that you're in stuff because you don't want to be disappointed when things don't show up. That happened to me. I went to my high school reunion. Oh my, like, no, that's the worst. You got cut. Did you Wait get a cut minute. out? Oh. They cut out of your high school reunion. <laughs> <laughs> cut him out. He couldn't get it framed. No, I was in uh, I was in ER, and I had four scenes in ER. That's where I remember you from. And I was, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, four, you know, four scenes, you four feel scenes safe. You, you feel you safe. You feel good. You're like, I got and this. And I was like, there's, there's got to be yep. something. This is, you know, is going to be good. And my mom watches it, and she's in New York, and I'm here in L.A., and she's like, well, they didn't do your episode. And I was like, oh, really, no. Mom? Wait, wait. And she, I was like, describe the episode. And she goes through it, and it was the episode. And I was like, <gasps> how is that possible? I told everybody of my brother that, you know, like, that I was in this thing, and I was so disappointed. And then I actually wrote the, the producers of uh, ER, and I said, this is what happened. This is the situation. And I was like, I'm, is there any way you can give me any tape? And, of course, the rule is if it doesn't air, they can't show it. Oh, right. They can't give it to you. And she did. She oh my sent God. me that she sent oh, me wow. my scene. That's great. So that I could I never showed it to anybody, but I'm like, it was so nice that she did that. But anyway, um, he did that for me. Uh, he said that he let me know the thing, but he's like, you know, if I have something come up, I'm definitely Todd put, Phillips. You're Todd about? Phillips. Yeah. I'll, I'll put you in it. And you know, everybody says that. I don't know how many times somebody said to me, uh, "Do us a favor, and we'll get you back." And those people no. never get you back. Mm-mm. And he totally did. Oh. He he said uh, Project X. Right? Project X. Yeah. So nice. when I came in and I did the non-monkey Project one. X, and I didn't have my mustache. <laughs> and he was just like, where's the mustache? You know, what's going oh. on? And so he was like, grow back the mustache and we're going to, we got something for you. We'll put you in somewhere. And so I did it. And then after I shot that scene, as they were like, testing it and stuff like that, they had me back and they had me do more scenes. And so cool. that was huge. That was so nice of them. But so he totally got me back. So, you know. So is, is the mustache sort of like women's fake titties? Like it's kind an of, asset. You have to. You have to like it on your own. I don't think that you can like it. You can't do it for somebody else. Like if you uh-huh. like, I got the mustache. You know, <laughs> because I see a lot of a lot of people have done that. Right, it's very hipster now. But I mean, no, the, they've moved on to the beard. That mustache oh, that's is true. totally yeah, passe now. Yeah. <laughs> but I really like it because my dad had a mustache, my brother had a mustache, my cousins had a mustache, my grandfather had a mustache. There were a lot of mustaches, and then Bill Murray had a mustache for mm-hmm. a long time when he was on SNL. Yeah, yeah. And. Uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Uh, Dabney no Coleman. Dabney Coleman. No one, one can think that you work at Disney, so that's good. <laughs> They're not like, he's a ride operator. It totally knocks you out. But you know what? It, mm-hmm. it knocks me out of things that I don't want to do anyway. Right. Like the stuff where you stare into the camera and be like, depends. It's what I, whatever. Yeah, because you, know, you look kind of, you're such a sweet looking guy that adding the mustache makes me think that you might be doing porn on the weekend. On the side. Yeah. 
And who says I'm not? Yeah. Right? It <laughs> adds that mischievous quality that I'm like, what is he up to? Should I not let him near my children? And what's funny, you know? though, I have not played, I just recently did a friend's webisode, but I've never played a cop. Wow. Oh. Never, but I do, though, my thing is somehow I end up playing CIA and FBI agents. But mm. I haven't played a cop cop, like a guy like in the Like an on the beat, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's because you look more undercover. I don't know. Well, hmm. to answer your question, uh, yes, uh, Karen, um, it's not like fake tits because sometimes I don't even notice the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lee. Wait, Thank speaking you. of directors, now yes. I said you were in Transformers and you were in kind of an iconic Ooh. scene from that. Oh my when God! When the transformer comes out of the pool and the little kid is there. Oh, the sure. Is, is oh, dead. you're the dad. The dad there, but you know what was really funny? Oh, that's pretty cool. Is that? Uh, he, Michael Bay. Michael Bay stories. Michael Bay stories. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, everybody's walking around on eggshells. You know, like everybody's really nervous, and, and you can see there's like a hush. And Even on the it, first could, one, huh? Because so at any moment, he could be happy. No, I was going to ask, that's, that's just this, the natural state of <laughs> being scary. on the set. Right. But you is know, that true? It is, but the thing is, is that he really is just thinking out loud and wants everybody on the same page, moving at the same time. It's not so much that he's got, like, you know, he's riding everybody with a, a whip. He's brimming with it's ideas. Just that he's going and he's going with stuff and he's he's trying to just <laughs> rip and right. people to jump in. But when things go wrong, he freaks out. Like, you know, he wants it, he wants it now, he wants it done, he wants it, you know, and wants it to happen. When I was walking up to the set, they were shooting in this really cool house. It was uh, Frank Sinatra's old house in Encino. And it was on the top of a mountain. And there used to be like a, a little uh, reservoir there. And cool. it was like, it was so cool. It was all glass. And you could just imagine the stuff that had gone on in that house. <laughs> and it was so beautiful. But I was walking up and I had no idea where I was supposed to go. And I asked somebody, like a PA, I was like, where am I supposed to go? And they were like, oh, just go between those trees. Uh -oh. Just go right between those trees, uh -oh. and uh, that's it. That's that's uh -oh. set right there. And no. I just it was like, it was totally lit, and it was bright. And I walked right up to the trees, and I could just sense. And then I saw people moving, and I saw they were shooting the scene. And if I had walked oh, in geez. there, I, he would have killed me. And so I just walked around. I came around, but I was like, oh, man, you just got to know. Because it was scary, like a guy man. on set. You thought he would be like, yeah, 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 just go right through there. You'll yeah. be fine. You know, <coughs> that was a total setup. He was setting you up, man. Oh, my God. Uh, he man. wanted your part. That guy was like, watch this. Watch this. He's going to get killed. You. This idiot's going to walk onto the God. set. Oh, my God. I always am, I, I'm always nervous about stuff like that because I've done a lot of theater and not a lot of film and TV, and I'm always like, oh, God, would I be nervous on the set? Apparently, people are nervous on the set, even when they've had experience. Oh, sure. So it's not weird to be nervous. No. Oh, that no. feels good. I think it's. I think it's. I think everybody's nervous. Um, because you know what, there's a lot of factors. Uh, I was just working uh, just recently, like last week, on a new show called uh, The Brink with uh, Tim Robbins and Jack Black and uh, John Larroquette and all oh, these great cool. people. And cool. so, like, there's a lot of tension, like, you know, like, because also it's all heavy hitters yeah. and whatever. But I find that the people that you're playing with, you know, they're, they're like, they're there for you. I mean, like, I was, I don't know, I was expecting John Larroquette to be kind of scary. But he's actually, like, sweetheart, Jack Black, the nicest guy in the world and hilarious. Uh, but the people that scare me are the people that are off in Video Village. Mm -hmm. oh, they're yeah. watching in Video Village, and they're like, this guy isn't funny. Arms folded. Or like, I don't judging. like it. Yeah, judge, yeah. judge, judge. Because yeah. yeah. that's really their job. Yeah. That's their job. But what's interesting is that only unless it's, like, something, like, off the charts where they'll come up and be like, that was pretty funny. 
Or or the <laughs> nine times out of ten is like they were expecting it to be funny, so they're like, we're moving on. They don't even say anything. See, it's that's hard like, for a comedian. You sure. want to hear that laughter. You want them to acknowledge it. Absolutely. Or Damn. just uh, just the just kiss of know. death is that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it is. Thank though? you. The best is you can always feel it from the you can feel it from the crew. Right. If the crew is smiling, or uh, if you and the thing that I love, and uh, you know, you only get to do it every once in a while, but I I do it now even when I haven't been told I can is improvise just a little something. See that just scares put a little me something really. At the end because. I feel like I, it loosens me up. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like add a whole bunch of stuff. That was one of the reasons that I ended up staying in uh, Evan Almighty because anything that I added was all about Steve Carell or all about the story. Right. Never about me because we don't care about me. I'm not, it's not, the story's not about me. Right. It's about them. But it's like if you can just add a little something and then you can see like, and then if you see like the sound guy duck his head or something because of something you said or whatever, you know you're on the right. And also, head. you know, having worked crew many times, you know, you watch take after take after take and nothing changes, I mean, barely, and, and then scene after scene after. So any sort of variation is like, oh, good. Something is a little lively that's it's not the same thing right. over and over. Would so you, you'll get the crew reaction. Would you do that in auditions too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think Aren't you afraid of get... going off the script and having them all be pissed that you're not doing the lines right? Oh, I think that's what they're paying the money for. All right. They're paying the money for it to see you do what you're going to do. Everybody else is coming and said the line's just so. <laughs> right? I but improvised and said Pepsi. Yeah, but it's a Mountain Dew. Right? <laughs> 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 uh, not to steer you wrong, because I mean, I, I think that there's, there's certain rooms you do not do that in. Mm-hmm. I did that in Jeff uh, Greenberg's room one time. I've never been back. You know, it's like, he, he, that's he... Big no-no. Though all the shows that he's working on now, that's what he's looking for. Right. Whatever. <laughs> but the thing is, I think, I feel sometimes that when I'm working on a scene or working on some stuff, if I can improvise, if I if it's coming to me, then I know I'm in the zone. Right. Like I know that I'm I'm on the right page. You're thinking because, like the character. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. thinking in, the, in their thing. And so it just naturally sometimes will just kind of come out. And they're up for it. You know what I find too is that the people that are like the the more upper level um, casting directors, mm-hmm. they're like, do whatever you want. Because they want you to be good. They, they want, want you to do you whatever to you want. And also they've seen the lines, they know the jokes, they know whatever, and they just want you to do whatever makes you comfortable. And then you go to other places where they're like, you know, this is a hit show. This is whatever it is. And then you're, you know, then they don't want you to do anything and they're like, we want you to stand, don't sit, whatever. And they got all their rules, but it's like, that's not conducive. They should mm-hmm. just let the people do whatever they're going to do so that they can get the best performance out of them. That's oh. why Denise Chamin and uh, the guy at HBO, um, you know, they just, they're, they're loosey-goosey. They're ready to play. And they're good. Yeah. You know, by day I play a mild-mannered ad man, and we make commercials. You do a <laughs> lot of Bart. You, you, he does. You, yeah, as a Bart. couple. Yes, as Bart. As Bart. <laughs> so, as Bart. He does comedy as Lee. Was <laughs> 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 Bart? He does his real job. So I wanted to ask you questions about what what is that set like, and how is it different than than either a film and television? Because the directors that we sometimes hire, in the attitude and the and the ego of both the creative directors and the directors on commercials, to me seems so out of line for oh what they're God. doing. Like That's they're not crazy. reinventing the wheel with it's, this oh. Coke commercial. It's, it's so. unbelievable. It's <laughs> unbelievable, but it's they're getting a taste of what it, they imagine that they're making a movie. Also, the, the the amount of money that they're spending. Is ridiculous. Yeah, we, we do spend quite a bit. I mean, we're yeah. talking so much money. But the thing is, is that um, I love, I used to always kind of like be like, eh, I'm doing this commercial or I did this commercial. I always kind of looked at it. I was like, eh. And then I started to realize a couple years ago, I was like, 
this is my thing. I yeah, get to do whatever I want. And it's my and I started to have so much more fun doing commercials and then also auditioning for commercials. I don't even think about it. You just go in there and goof around. Really? Yeah, and it's so much more fun. Right? <clears throat> and so I I enjoy the That's whole awesome. process. I mean, it's like I love all the people that I get to see at the auditions. Yeah, you get to see all the people look like your I, same type. For, <laughs> yeah. I've known them for all for 20 years. <laughs> right? You talk about their kids and your thing and are you going to the ESPN promo audition tomorrow down at Ocean Park Casting? I'm not. Awesome. I got a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever teach workshops? I love everything you're saying. I'd love to hear uh, more. I taught improv for 20-some years, um, you know, like at the Improv Olympic and then Second City and then out here at the Improv Olympic. And then I started teaching it to MBAs. You know, which I really found great. Like at, the uh, MBAs? at Duke University. Oh, oh, oh MBAs. I mean, yeah, okay. Like we real. did some work for one of those type um, videos that they used to. Yeah, that's different. Those are for case studies. Oh, those are case studies. Yeah, okay. But this was more for these people are going to be working in groups. They've got to work together. They've got to listen to each oh. other. And so you're teaching them yes and. You're mm -hmm. teaching them how to work well, maybe together and how to people. build each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> Same people, but a better lesson. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I loved that, actually, because I got paid so much more. <laughs> no, no. I, I loved it because they cared about the process. Right. They had no thought of getting up. Of course, it was always the one guy who was like, Pete, do you think I should go to L.A.? Because <laughs> 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 at one time, he, he told Jason Sudeikis that he should yeah, do it. Yeah, he's the only one that he's told. Jason but then there was other people, though, that always wanted to challenge me they wanted me to like they're like pete you and i let's do a scene because he's also they're like a type personalities yeah. that really want to like and they're kind of aggressive and they're like pete, let's do a scene i want to i want to just see where i stand with you and i'm like you don't get it do you it's not my about competition goal, my whole goal is to make you look good yeah so you're going to be awesome yep because i'm going to make you look good <laughs> yeah because i'm so awesome, like, yeah, you're awesome. But, but that's all about that it's scott, all about taking care of the other person paul and i love scott adsett and he can make anyone look amazing when oh he's my on God. stage, he's Same amazing. thing with Neil Flynn. Neil yeah, Flynn, Neil Flynn. Neil Flynn can work with the best guys, and he can work with a, a beginner, and totally because he just makes it all about them, and mm -hmm. he just listens. My my imitation has always been of Neil Flynn. Is Neil Flynn always comes out and he goes two things, and then he'll say the first thing that he thought of, <laughs> like when he was like standing in the background or whatever, and then when people are laughing, he comes up with the second. Ah. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the second thing is very fresh. Yeah, so this, it's always and it's always a little bit off, like it's a little bit like crazy, like about howler monkeys or something like that. <laughs> but it's he, he he totally throws himself in the zone of discovery. Right. He puts himself in in a situation where I'm gonna have to come up with that second thing. I mean, maybe he doesn't do that, but that's way always been. And I've seen him do all kinds of things. I find that with Colin Mockery on whose line is it anyway? When that dude opens his mouth, you can see he has no clue <laughs> how that <laughs> sentence just is gonna starting this end. end. He's yeah. just start. Well, you know, and then he's. <laughs> he, he gets as surprised as anybody else as how he's what sentence he's gonna say, well, that's and what, that's so refreshing. And that's what I think is is honestly so sad about Robin Williams passing <clears throat> is because I think I started to take Robin Williams for granted. You know, it's yeah. just like he's always going to be hilarious. He's always going to do that thing. He's always going to think. But then you watch, and his he was just turning on a faucet, and creativity just poured out of him. And you know, like on my best day, I can get the faucet to turn on, but there'll be times where you're just like, and I run out of gas mm -hmm. completely, and I have no idea what I'm gonna say, or I mess up a sentence, yep. or whatever, and he just would go. The trust, that he trusted himself like that was just amazing. Uh, but but by the way, uh the Billy Crystal tribute, what award ceremony was that during the, Emmys. Was the, Emmys. It was the Emmys? Uh Who put together the Robin Williams montage? Was that the worst? 
thing yeah, you've ever seen. It was these like <clears throat> three odd clips that like did not encompass him at all, and he's doing like Viagra jokes, and I'm like, don't show him doing his worst shit. Yeah. On, like, Maybe there's he was so like, much good stuff. I don't know. He's had better. It was uh, weird. It was TV like three clips same, that were strange. I kind of thought the same thing about the Letterman tribute too. It was all him laughing at Letterman. You're like, he's being funny too. Yeah. But yeah, but I think that that's amazing. But you know, I think that that's I think it's a really important thing is like to to teach that stuff mm-hmm. and and that everybody can use it. Yeah. And to realize that their life lessons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like I like it's a wonderful life. I really think that there's there's great life lessons in that movie. Look at you calling something back. Bringing it Aren't back. Aren't you something right else? Now. This guy can't stop being. Hey, awesome. since the uh, end is the beginning, let's uh, wrap up that chat because I want to move on to this one. What did you see this week? <laughs> I may never have the. Is that opposite. you singing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paul just sits alone in the office and making up these little jingles on Wednesdays. Yeah. Is that really you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's great is um, he's limited to the uh, little songs that he has in his music library, so he'll have to like listen to it and then sing in whatever key they're doing it in. So he'll because he records it separately, so I'll hear him and they're listening, and then all of a sudden it'll get quiet. Then what did you? Say? That's like. <laughs> Garage band guitar riff. Right? Yeah, you're just that's all you got is. to, to yeah. harmonize. He's to. like, what can I sing? <laughs> uh, well, I want to touch on two things we saw real quick. We got Karen out of movie jail last night. Oh, I saw Young Frankenstein. Oh, oh that's, that's wow. a big movie jail. Wow. Yeah. wow. And not just not just popping wow. it in the old. Uh, it's new on Blu-ray. Yes. But not just popping it in the player. We went to the Academy for a 40th anniversary screening Q and A with Mel Brooks. Oh my God. Chorus Leachman and Terry Gar. Terry Gar oh came out. Oh, my God. She's in a wheelchair now, looked beautiful. Oh, I think is she has she really? Parkinson's or something. Oh, yeah. Cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy. Yeah. It, it was something that she couldn't hold the mic and stuff, but oh, she was great. Cool. I thought but it was MS. America's Sweetheart. Maybe. I thought it was MS. Maybe. Oh, MS. It's something, it's it's something, something that's a progressive that's because I yeah. saw her a couple years ago and. Uh, she was still walking around, and oh, you know she was. But it, it's progressed. It's gotten worse and worse. She was so still she, funny. She sounds the same. Yeah, yeah she, totally sounds the same. You're right. It is MS. Isn't it? I think. <clears throat> I think she has a book called "Does This MS Make My Butt Look Big" or something. Or just <laughs> oh make my me god! Look fat. I'm so jealous, though. I would have <laughs> loved to seen that. It was very cool. The neatest part was at the beginning. It's when they did the question and answer. Two things I liked about it. One, they didn't does take. The, I'm sorry. Does this yes. wheelchair make me look fat? Sorry. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, they did not take questions from the audience. I'm a big fan of that, especially in LA where yes. everyone talks about themselves. Because everyone has to start their question with. Wow. Now, here's my entire credential. <laughs> yeah. so you might. Oh. I know you hire from people who ask questions yeah. in the audience. No. So I want to let you know that I'm very experienced. Because everyone does about. that. And this is coming from a very professional perspective. <laughs> oh, I forgot my question. I've had them forget yeah. their question. Yeah. yeah. No, so they didn't do that. And the second thing was Cloris Leachman <laughs> would not get out of Mel Brooks' ass. Oh, she just she pitched funny. a tent in there and just stayed in there. And it just drove him crazy and it was amazing. Just giving him shit? Yeah. Oh, amazing funny. amounts of shit. Is he completely bonkers or is he all right? Oh, he's, he's all right. Is he yeah, good? Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's, he's a trip, man. sharp, man. Super oh, that funny. movie is so, oh, so funny. It's Here, his best movie. Now, I I, so. I yeah. love Ghostbusters. It's my favorite movie, and there's a lot of things about it that I learned a lot about comedy and timing, just the way Ghostbusters is constructed. And as I was watching Young Frankenstein, because I had not seen it before, you could see so much influence in the comedy and the way that it was filmed and the way that they would set up jokes and takes and, and rhythm of comedy 
that's all over Ghostbusters. You mm. can see where they were influenced oh, by this. Sure. And no wonder both movies are brilliant. Obviously, this one is brilliant, and then Ghostbusters I love. But it was killing me. Little things like after they do the charades, and he Will, Gene Wilder says that thing. My favorite line in the whole movie. <laughs> Said to give! <laughs> <laughs> Said to give is the same timing as get her. Whenever they go to attack the little get ghost her. at the beginning, get her. That was your whole plan. It's the same feeling. That oh. same energy. Yeah, it was great. There's actually an a industry term for that. It's called ripoff. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. I love his monologue in the very beginning when he's talking about his grandfather's experiments. Yes. And he sticks in the, the scalpel into his leg, <laughs> and then he covers it up. <laughs> oh, Close my. Dismissed. That's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant and so subtle. He's yeah. So small. I was telling Paul that his earnestness and, and his ability to make something that's not real making that important for example like if I were to tell you the story of my mom passing away I'd be telling you a real story that's very important to me and I'd be very earnest he can do the same exact thing about Frankenstein or about like whatever the chocolate factory he's talking about the everlasting gobstopper and I would swear it was the same intensity I would talk to you about my mom. Absolutely. But Amazing. He, he was a trained uh, theater actor before he got into doing funny stuff. And he, and really, I think when he did Bonnie and Clyde, I think that that was like, people were like, that was hilarious. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really, I don't think he was like being intentionally hilarious. He just is. Uh, apparently, that's probably why he kept breaking up that was the one thing they said is at the end of almost every take oh. he would laugh all the time and made Cloris was saying of course he was a reason that they went over time and budget and it took forever because Gene would laugh all the time it was fun watching Young Frankenstein yeah. from the perspective knowing that at any minute Wilder could away. crack up <laughs> yeah. it's kind of fun watching that because they're watching Marty Feldman do a shtick and you know soon, as soon funny. as they say cut he's going to be cracking up what is the other thing Marty Feldman he jumps up on the thing whenever Madeline Kahn first arrives and he's right next to her, her fur and he hits on her a little bit and then he goes act natural say nothing <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and Madeline Kahn's like what just happened and one of my favorite actors so of all time funny. you forget is in that and one of the funniest scenes of the whole movie is Gene Hackman Gene Hackman oh, is hilarious. Yeah. It's his only comedy, right? I think so. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm welcome to Mooseport. I guess yeah. he started in Aww. big and he ended Loaded. small. He ended really uh, small. Guns or whatever. <laughs> you know who's also great in that, though, is I have to say, is Kenneth Mars. Oh, yeah. The German guy. Is that the army? Oh, yes. oh, my God. Who I saw him in an elevator one day, and all I wanted to tell him was, like, my German guy is your German guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, he, oh, I'm so. He good. showed up today a little bit in the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, I'm sure. I, the whole time I you were reading, him. you had to keep fixing your oh. arm. Um, Mel Brooks told a story about how whenever that man came to the set and started doing his scenes, yeah. Mel's like, wait, 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 wait. You gotta at least be sort of coherent. We sort of have to know what you're saying. Because <laughs> he started like, like no one knew what the no fuck he was saying. No one knew anything. He's like, no, 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 I understand German accent, but we need to know what you're saying. Oh, so brilliant. Awesome. And, and something so else I want to mention, I saw we went to see Begin Again. Now that came out early in the summer. What's that? It's um, It's been out for like two months, but no one went to see it. So Harvey Weinstein said, and I, I, I love Harvey Weinstein. You know he gets a lot of shit for being kind of a yeah, jerk and whatever. But when I hear him talk about movies, I'm entranced always because the dude loves movies. He's a fan and, first. And he loves yeah. this movie so much. It Labor Day great. weekend, he said, free tickets for everybody. You could go to the theater and get what? you and four people in to begin again over Labor Day weekend for free. And when we went, it was full. And they're really and you know well what? attended, very good audience. And they loved it. They loved it. Because yeah. he was sure you're going to love that movie. Just no one went to see it because it was crowded amongst all the summer blockbusters. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo plays a washed up music producer who sees Kira Knightley perform in a coffee bar they oh, become friends and I he like thinks that. I'm going to get her 
uh, to get my indie label back on track. And it's no weird, creepy sex stuff. He really believes in what she's doing. It's yeah. neat. Yeah, and she's got an yeah. ex-boyfriend who's made it big. Adam Levine plays him quite he well, He did actually. well. I didn't even know he uh, wasn't playing, an actor. Yeah, playing a rock star, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, th- it's a just well-crafted movie from the creator of Once. Um, sure. And, and so it's Kara, charming and funny, and then everybody loved it. And I'm like, Kara I just was love believable as a guitar player. That yeah. drives me crazy mm. when they aren't. That <laughs> right? was good. Yeah. I just yeah. love the fact that he said, you're going to love this movie. And he does the same thing at Oscar scene. He's like, this is a great film, and I'm going to make sure everyone sees it so it gets the Oscar nominations it deserves. And he doesn't just sit back and you know let it happen. He gets in there and he aggressively makes things he gets behind visible to everybody, and I'm glad if, I saw it. If you get a chance, there's a, an interview with him, I think an Elvis Mitchell on NPR, and you don't think of him the same ever after you've heard him. Oh, yeah. Oh. He's like, he's so engaged. He loves movies. He loves old movies. He loves French films. He, I mean, he really loves it. Really? Godard is referenced in an Elvis Mitchell uh, interview? That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I check it out. I check it out because he really, uh, yeah. he's a different guy. He seems so personable. And you, you almost can't believe who you're listening to. I was listening to it on the in the car radio, and then all of a sudden I, I was like, who is this guy? And then he introduced him later, and I was like, no way. <laughs> I just, because he's got such a reputation. Right. Yeah. But, you but know. Uh, time's ticking away, and we'll save what else we saw, because with the show last week being an archive show, we saw a couple other things. But uh, what did you guys see? I, I'm just going to go ahead and say I saw Evan Almighty because I have a story, and I'm uh, well. I, the, the, this is this is the only time this phrase may ever be said. Hey, I've got an interesting story about Evan Almighty, uh, since our guest here was in Evan Almighty. But Paul got me into the premiere of Evan Almighty. Uh, it was a red carpet thing, and so it was cool. I got to stand by the wayside. You were shooting uh, video of the event, and so I was standing sort of on the side of the red carpet. It's, I think it's my first red carpet. I think it's my only red carpet. Cool. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so I'm staying there and watching some fun celebrities walk by and stuff like that. And then just at the last second, you know, Paul comes up and he goes, look, I got a couple more things to shoot. And then we'll just we'll walk into the venue. And this was the uh, Universal Amphitheater. Oh, yeah, before the tour. Gigantic. Rest in peace. Gigantic venue uh, for for a screening, packed screening. I don't know how many seats are in that thing, but for a screening of Evan Almighty. So we're staying there on the red carpet watching some people come out. So finally, Paul comes up and goes, come on, let's go. And just that quick. And then swoops out into the the flow of the traffic down the red carpet and i don't want to get uh caught behind because the next group is coming and if i wait i won't be behind paul who needs to get me into the thing so i duck in front of the next crowd the next crowd with steve carell and his entire entourage (laughs) are now one foot behind me (laughs) and now i get to have in my life hopefully this will happen again but i get to have the experience of Everyone on the red carpet yelling at me. They're so excited to see me. Hey, hey, over here, over here. It's directed right oh at me because God. right behind me is Steve Carell. Anyway, that was, that was like awesome. really fun. Uh, and then I got to watch uh, 3,000 people be disappointed in a movie, but not <laughs> be able to show it. You know, Was that Shady X last? Because any cause that's he, what did it. Yeah. That 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 was so yeah, He went bad. off and did a spiritual journey, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it was uh, he spent so much money on that oh. on that movie, and like I said, like it just took a lot longer than it probably needed to. They yeah. probably could have stepped it up a little bit. But um, hey, yeah, I watched it. It was like a Sunday school lesson. It didn't really didn't. I mean, Steve was very funny. I thought Steve was hilarious. You know, with the animals and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. But it, other than that, yeah, Wanda Sykes was kind of funny with the one-liners and stuff here and there. But yeah, Wanda, Wanda, yeah. Wanda was actually really funny too. She really kind of saved it. Yeah. She kind of gave it a little sparks of energy. But you know, I've always, I've always said, and I, I can't prove it or whatever. But sometimes you'll see a movie with a big twenty thousand dollar joke, 
And I always say beware any joke in a movie that costs twenty thousand dollars. It usually never quite like so all the animals and stuff is thrown in there to to try and get extra laugh and stuff like that. But once you start seeing twenty thousand dollar jokes, you're like, uh, it's that's kind of rough. You like we all I think our favorite jokes are all the ones that didn't cost anything extra. It was just an improv on the set or something like that. But the big twenty thousand or maybe you know what the most expensive joke that works is the Stay Puff Marshmallow. Yes, man. that is an expensive joke, joke that, that works. works. <laughs> Anyway, you, you didn't see anything? I was or, just going to say oh. that with that, um, the other way you can tell if the, if the movie's going to be weird is uh, if the, the script looks like a phone book. Because oh. if it's a really skinny th- script, they count. They know that all those jokes yeah. work. Yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. really thick, it means that they've rewritten and rewritten uh, and rewritten yeah. and rewritten yeah. and rewritten, and then, then it's really thick. And that movie, that was thick. Yeah. I saw a couple of different things. I saw... <clears throat> Uh, an oldie going back. I saw the Poseidon Adventure, which I hadn't seen in a Gene long time. Gene oh Hackman! His first hero role, someone uh, pointed but, out. That's but, the first time he played a, a hero. Dick. He's a bad guy before it. Well, yeah. He's such a <laughs> dick. But he saves people. <laughs> he does. He self-sacrifices at the end, but he's... Uh, but I was amazed at how well it held up. It was actually... I mean, I knew... You know the story. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, those are horribly cheesy effects, either. They're pretty decent. They're decent. Yeah, they they're are. Decent and for, the score by John Williams. Yes. Oh, that's yes, good. Yes, yeah, that yeah. song. And they keep playing it. And oh, playing yeah. It, but you're yeah. Glad, oh, that's right. They're glad to hear the it. fuck out of that. They do, <laughs> but you're glad to hear it. It's so good. This must be the morning after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's the theme, too, that to you death. keep... They, they, they do that over and over again. But it was actually really good. And then when they... And I remember watching it just recently. I was thinking, I was like, oh, my God. They haven't even been hit by the wave yet. Yeah, like, like so they got a good story going. Like it's like, but and, and that then, was the classic format of those movies, and that one does it the best, yeah, right? You, they, you you spend a half hour learning yeah. who's on the love boat, then right? The and then happens, <laughs> and then how they get out. Yeah. Oh, Roddy McDowell, welcome to the you and your wife are. Uh, <laughs> we will not be seeing much of you. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one I saw was Chef John Favreau's. Oh, Chef. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I keep Chef. Hearing that's Sorry. brilliant. Everyone yeah. says that's great. Did you yeah. like it? That was good. No, it was good. No, it was good. There you go. I didn't. Uh, I actually thought it was I thought it was really good um it really did. A, I, I always worked in kitchens when I was a kid. Like, that was my summer job. Instead of being a waiter, I always worked in kitchens. And I think he nailed that part of it. I think he really got that. Um, I thought the story was good, but it just, like, it was cute. And it was really good. But it, then there was, like, loopholes that were just, like, really weak. Like, his wife was uh, Sophia... Vergara. Yeah, Vergara. And she was Coppola. really rich. And she, like, was his ex-wife. But then she totally helped him out and got him his food truck and spent all this money. It's like, And then she kind of becomes his love interest, but not really. And it was just like, you didn't really know, like, where what, what does she do for a living? And then, then her ex-husband helped. Not her, not him. It was just confusing. Well, it's, he she pulled the a Sandler there, right? I mean, we all agree that if you're directing that movie, <laughs> oh, you no. make you, Sofia Vergara you your wife. The hot yeah. wife. Yeah. Yeah. Your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Or but yeah. I thought it, she could have been better used as either his ex-wife, and so she played that role of giving him grief and being, you know, like making his life harder, or that she's his love interest where, like, wait, are we going to get back together again? But it just was confusing. Instead, she was his deus ex. Yeah! <laughs> 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 Nailed it. So Thank they, you college thank Nerd. you college. that was excellent dude. so what you're I'm saying gonna, is that they kind of really they, she, he, he really kind look of up. uh really kind of nailed the that kind of perfunctories of what is what it's like to work in a kitchen right i mean like the, the basics because i've i've read reviews where they don't even mention the costumes that's, oh! that's, that's for you adam ed wood drop Lee, what was on tbs uh, <laughs> 
Jaws 2, but oh, I, would, awesome. I, I would like to use my time of uh, yes. what did you see this week to address the economics of Begin Again, because I dare say, and I hate to be the cynic, whenever you pay nothing for a movie, it is the greatest movie you've ever seen, because <laughs> I paid $1.50 for That's The Dragon, true. which is the Bruce Lee story, and I'm convinced it should have won an Oscar. <laughs> But is I'm that the Forest sure. Fair Mall? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a buck fifty had a lot to do with that. So. This is coming from Bart side yeah, of Lee Bart, right Bart, now. Oh, okay. Definitely yeah. Bart saw Dragon. Yes. <laughs> Bart saw that a while ago. All right. Well, let's uh, end the show with the piece to resist the, the piece to the Reese's pieces. Karen's <laughs> birthday, <laughs> celebrating right. the birthdays of those who make the movies. Here we go. <laughs> our birthdays this week by wishing a very happy birthday to one of my favorite actors, Mr. Colin Firth. Colin turns 54 years old today, but he can play anywhere from a straight man I want to bang to a gay man I still want to bang. (laughs) One of my favorite Colin Firth porns is Pride and Prejudice, where he takes (laughs) off his shirt as he goes for a swim. My second favorite Colin Firth porn is... Is he He's just perfect. Okay. Just he does strike me as doughy. Adam. Does he have a chest? I was going to say. A, like, he's I mean, got a barrel chest. Not it's not, no. it's not no, cut. Okay. On a, on a range of perfect. Idris Elba to Woody Allen. Where is he? Oh, uh, <laughs> he's, he's closer to say like, um, like a, well, he's kind of cut too. He's got the arms. Dennis Quaid. Is he in better shape than Bill Murray? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. All sorry, right. Sorry. But my second, that's like a porn to me. If I just want to watch like something that makes me just, wow, just get excited, wow. just a little of that. Hey, you know, I, you know, it made uh, Helen Fielding create a whole character. That lake scene, Helen Brian Fielding? Prejudice, create a whole character in Bride, uh, Bridget Jones. In Bridget Jones Diary. Yeah. Bride, oh, right. Bride and Jude Proust. Bride and Jude. So I'm not the only Jude one that's been time. watching <laughs> that alone late at night. But my second fi- favorite Colin Firth porn is The King's Speech, which oh. he won an Oscar for for Best Actor. Here he is whispering sweet nothings. Oh. <laughs> 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 I found a compilation of every stutter he did in the entire movie. Oh my god! It goes on for a now long play, now play time. The, now play the porn we'll let him play it. <laughs> play the porn music. Yes, a little porn music and a little of that. See? It's kind of like he's coming. It's very sexy. I'm sure his eyes are crossing. I uh, can't. <laughs> See, no talking. Isn't he good? He's very good. (laughs) Shut up. So I'm looking. Now get this. He's going to be opening in a movie called Kingsman, The Secret Service in 2015, where he plays a veteran Secret Service agent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's going to be. This is based on a comic book. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's even better. The writer of Wanted. So, okay, based on a comic book, Colin Firth, Tuxedo Gun. Yeah. I'm going to be watching that movie alone as well. I have a feeling. <laughs> now let's move on and wish a happy birthday to another one of my guilty pleasures and star of Dolphin Tale 2, Mr. Harry Connick Jr., who uh, really? turns 46, but he can play anywhere from a mellow voice jazz singer to. Sure, I'll be in that movie. <laughs> one of his big breaks came when he scored a very famous movie. He did the soundtrack, and it went multi platinum. And I ask you, movie guys, oh, what I know, I know this movie? One. Do you know what movie it was? Copycat. No. Ah. I'm sorry. Close. The Holly Hunter Sigourney Weaver. I know it from the roommate that enjoyed that soundtrack every day. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you know any of the songs off of it? Can you? you no, I earlier? just no. I mean, yeah. I would recognize it if you played it. I'd I go, oh, you, that's it, from. It had to be you. Well, that was a cover. Yeah. Do you sure. remember any of the originals now? Harry Met Sally. Uh, uh, when Harry Met Sally. Yeah, that's it. That was the one. Right? <laughs> Week in a smile. No. Uh. <laughs> Something I, I was. It was Harry Met Sally, right? I think so. Yeah. 
I oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, blew I didn't it. look up her birthday. <laughs> That's okay. Um, what? I Is actually, what I sometimes when I do birthdays, I like to do a game where I look up what movies they turn down because it's kind of fun to go. And then that they turned movie, down Sleepless in Seattle. They, they turned something down, and then he went on to be a big star. The I know the person. answer. I know the answer. And the movie he turned down was. Oh, I thought you were going to say he never turned down. That's a movie. the answer. <laughs> <laughs> he had none that he turned down. Wonderful. Oh, it's brilliant. Well yes. But he has a last laugh because did you know he's married to a former model, Jill Goodark? Oh, yeah. Holy Red Light, shit. Blue Light was his entire album written in, in dedication to her. Oh, that's a good album. That's yeah. a good marriage. I, I'm a big that fan That came with of, my initial 12 Columbia. House, <laughs> so. no, I'm a big fan of his music. I was a big uh-huh. fan of Harry Connick, uh, Cockroach Hi. Soup, Harry Connick 20, Jill. Uh-huh. Uh, not Jill. Well, Jill was after Red Light, Blue Light. Not his three wow. movies. Um, and I, I loved Hope movies. Floats. Hope I Floats, Copycat. Hope Floats. I love him in that. And then he was in Pajama Game. I was going to have his place for that. He was in Pajama Game, yeah. On Broadway. On Broadway, he uh, did this really cool version of Fernando's Hideaway because he can play the piano. So instead of just dancing, he was like making love to a woman on the piano while he was playing it. Little Man Tate. Very good. Little Man Tate. Shot at Miami University. Memphis Bell. Memphis Bell. And that's it. And that's it. (laughs) And lastly, let's wish a happy birthday to Tom Hardy, who also, well, he turns 36, but can play anywhere from an a gay hoodlum handsome Bob in the Guy Ritchie film Rock and Rolla Mm -hmm. to the iconic Mad Max and Mad Max Fury to be released next year. Maybe Bane in between there uh, somewhere. Just in between. I'm just saying that's how you get to Mad Max. You go by way of Bane. From to from. Earlier this year, we enjoyed being one of the first people to see that one location masterpiece, Lock, at the Phoenix Film Festival that starred. Mr. Tom Hardy. Now, because things always come back to Colin Firth, can you tell me what movie both of my birthday boys were in this week? So Colin Firth was in this movie, and so was Tom Hardy. Anybody? A movie they were in together? They were in together. As a matter of fact, I remember this was near Christmas time because we made fun of it because... We always make fun of movies. Were they both in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? Yes! Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Perfect. You nailed it. Also with Benedict Cumberbatch. Why aren't more nerds talking about this movie? I know, right? It's got all those guys in it. And this is something else that made me just very excited. So we know that Colin Firth was Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice. We do. We do. We know that for sure now. And I'm thinking (laughs) about it. I'm getting flush. Well, also, this is what's so crazy. is Tom Hardy. They did that one in like 1999 or something when Colin Firth was in it. 95, maybe. They redid it again. And Joe Wright did an adaptation. And he almost played, uh, Tom Hardy almost played Mr. Darcy. Which would have been oh, wow. really sexy to watch, They went watch with too. Angus McFadden. Yes, like they that. went with somebody else. Lame. Hmm. And Lee, hmm. yes, you Karen? know how much I love it when celebrities sing. Yes, people ask me, name. tell me two things about Karen Bolke. Yes, they ask what? me this all the time. The first thing I tell them yeah. is Colin Firth. Yes, that's the right thing to say. Second thing I tell them is she loves when celebrities sing. I do. And so you're in for a treat this week because not only do I have Tom Hardy singing, oh, but... If you do not know this, this is going to be exciting. Singing Bane, please. He's singing Elton John songs as Bane because he's no. been tapped to portray Elton John in the new biopic. So here we are. Someone, I think, did this, but Tom Hardy's singing <laughs> Elton John as Bane. I'm not the man they think I am at all. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, 
Oh, wonderful. That's great. I don't know who did that, but we'll have to find... Well, don't give them credit. Give them credit on Facebook. Credit to YouTube. Yeah. Well, that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at uh, The Movie Guys, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, all that shit. Um, Thanks to Pete Gardner. Thanks for having me. Lots of fun. Yeah, lots of fun. What can we plug now? What do you got? Uh, Even Uh, if it's like social media or whatever. uh, Just uh, just, uh, the brink. The, the HBO show coming up. Uh, I don't know when that's going to air, but it's uh, we just started shooting it. Oh, we'll cool. all hear about it, I'm sure, because cool. those are some big names uh, headlining the thing. Oh, so yeah. When we hear about it, make sure you that's go see Federal with Jack Black in it? Uh, yeah. In, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's great. So... And uh, all right, cool. And thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And remember, you can find everything else that we are up to at themovieguys.net. And next week, we'll be back with more movies involving men. This is Men Month because Idris Elba is a, a real man. And uh, I'm a real man. more of those movies coming up. So we'll see you then. Thanks you, for listening. Can you take us out to dolphin porn, please? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, say, just say goodnight. Oh, that to, was to so this. sexy. It's wonderful. Did you notice the squeeling dolphins in the background, Adam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Dolphin That's porn. what I, I hear in my mind when I watch Colin Firth go into that pond. Squealing <laughs> <laughs> dolphins. Now do, now do the outro. Hey, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> Winter needs to be paired with another female and so <laughs> Oh.